Welcome. It's the Long Coat Mafia, the internet's most hated and mafia-themed geek podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aliens of all shapes, sizes, colors, ages, and those visiting from the shadow realm that wish to listen to our podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the internet's most hated mafia-themed geek podcast, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It is I, the one, the only Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, a.k.a. this show's frontman and main host. Alright, alright, alright. It's Monday. I know what some of you are thinking. Is it a filler episode day? Yes, it is. Is it going to be a covert cast? No, it's not. I know groans. Oh, no. What's he going to say? What is he going to share? Uh, fear not. It's still going to be a Lost Media episode, just not with the covert cast. Is it going to be something paranormal and high strange related? Good news is yes. Uh, for those of you new to this program, Mondays are usually filler episode days and lost media days and the reason why they're filler days is because uh me and my co-host sasha the princess of darkness record on sundays and because sasha records things on her side and i have to wait for the files to come in so i can edit everything and thus share the that edited final product with all of you on wednesday I decide to put something quick together on Sunday nights for Monday for all of you to listen to while you wait. Now, as per Lost Media episodes, if you're new to the show and you're wondering what is a Lost Media episode or what is Lost Media, Lost Media is atypically something that's no longer uh, seen or read anymore, meaning you could have books or magazines because they are no longer in print and available to be seen by the public, they can be considered lost media. Or sometimes it's considered, uh, or if a book is very hard to uh, acquire, it can be considered lost pe- media unless it's shared to a wider, wider audience. Uh, case in point, this there's a movie out there that you could watch. Uh, I think there are various places you could watch it called When Worlds Collide. It was once a, a book done in the mid to, uh, early to mid-1950s. Uh, that book is kind of hard to find, but you are now able to... The physical p- copy is kind of hard to find, and if you do find it, you're paying between 15 to 20 plus dollars for that book yet because the estate of the author I should say the author's estate wanted that book to be available to the wider audience they provided a ebook version of that so people could buy read and enjoy and well same thing applies to movies radio and uh, TV, and music as well. I tend to include podcasts in on that. Uh, Meaning, whereas uh, music, there's music you can't find, old radio broadcasts you can't can't find, um, movies you can't find, 
uh, and TV shows you can't find. Heck, case in point, uh, John actor John Larroquette had a show in the mid to late 90s called The John Larroquette Show. And you can't find that on DVD, Blu-ray, probably can't even find it on VHS cassettes. I know you can't find it on any digital platform, but so therefore it's lost media. Same thing with movies. I'm sure there's hundreds of movies you can't find. The reason why I include podcasts because you can't really find most podcasts go the way of the dodo or no longer being made, produced, and released to the public after about a year, for whatever reason. Now, because you have folks like me that keep archives, we are able to release this stuff to all of you, sometimes with permission, sometimes without, to share with all of you these lost media episodes. And what I'm sharing today is a podcast that me and a friend of mine did and who was a for the longest while a co-host on this show and I can still consider him a co-host and he's still my friend I seen him about a week ago at my nine to five his name he goes by Big Candy on this program and the podcast, if I didn't mention it already, is called The Electric Eye. And in this episode that you'll be hearing is contains a tale or a summary of an interesting tale of high strangers that fascinated me and Big Candy back a good many years ago. And the reason why... I'm sharing this particular episode and something special after it, which I'll get into a moment, is because me and Sasha brought up this topic in our recording earlier this sun Sunday. So, what did me and Sasha talk about? And what did me and Big Candy talk about? Again, we talked about Mel's Whole. Yes, it sounds something weird and perverse, but really it's not. It, again, it's something about high strangers and this weird local legend or local tale, uh, urban legend, local tale of mystery that many people have wandered up to go see in Washington, Washington State. Uh, you'll hear me and Big Candy talk about it, but the special thing that I'll also be sharing to give further context to what me and Big Candy are talking about is a little bit of a trimmed version. Some of the uh, adverts are taken out and there were like quick phone calls in between. Uh, they, they, it's been edited slightly uh, from the full version Um I managed to get it in six parts. I had to do some show, uh, sewing to get everything together. And that is the update to the story, which includes a lot of things that me and Big Candy talk about. And it summarizes everything up. Uh, it's from a program that 
is still going on to this day called Coast to Coast AM. Now, you might have heard me on previous programs talk about Coast to Coast AM. Uh, and the person that you'll be hearing on this program is not only the guest who called in to talk about everything, it is hosted by the late Art Bell. Art Bell had this great way to tell stories. I won't say tell stories, but allow the his guest to tell their story and to get information across. And sometimes um, he, I won't say Art was Art had that talent, uh, and you'll hear it in the special part of this program or his section of program. I'll let you know when it's starting, and. Meaning, if that person wasn't really good in getting the information out, telling the story, but he knew the story was there and needed to be told, he'd ask the right questions. He had a skeptical mind, but knew how to ask the right questions so that that story could be woven into something wonderful and something special. So, I wanted to share that with you. And yes, I'm going to be declaring fair use on that because it it ties in to everything that me and Big Candy were talking about and what me uh, what I was telling Sasha about and which all of you will be hearing this upcoming Wednesday so what can I say but hey George cue the music we'll be right back with more of the Long Coat Mafia podcast My co-host, girlfriend is willing to allow it, I am the other co-host, Reverend Jim Esquire. And we are broadcasting 50 miles below the crust of the earth in our underpants. Drinking iced tea. (laughs) And eating seals with human eyes. Mmm, seals with human eyes. And if you're wondering how we're keeping warm, it's with a bucket of ice that we lit on fire. We probably made, in, in three, four, I don't know, however how many shows that we've done... We've probably <laughs> made reference, reference to, to that, that at least three times now. Yes. And if you don't understand what we're talking about, you must listen to the saga. The saga of Mel's Hole. Do a gir- There are you- only two sagas. There is Star Wars, Wars and, and there is Mel's Hole. Hole. Do a Google search on Mel's Hole. Uh, the number one website that you'll come up with would be... I th- let me check, bring out the trusty laptop with Wi-Fi connection, and I'll tell you, it should be... Uh, He's got that Wi-Fi. That Wi-Fi. That newfangled Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. 
It would be, I think, Melshole.com, which is like a big... Yes, I made a plug. This is the Electric Eye. We deal things, all things electric, so why not? What? <laughs> <laughs> why not the... Well, another dropping name, they... Um, Chicken Pot Pod makes like little nuggets of information. Uh, well, why not? Um, every now and again. So, so anyway, uh, Mel's Hole, according to Google, there are three top the th top three websites are uh, obviously Wikipedia is one of them, and the other two is Mel's Hole's information, which is. SeattleChatClub.org, Mel's Hole. Is that the one with the message boards? No, uh, that's Mel'sHole.com. Uh -huh. uh, that's the number third. It's choice. got its own dot com. Not to mention that it goes on. That's about, according to Google, 21,600 websites that have some sort of Mel's Hole. I'm willing to bet that 95% of them are not. About no. what we're talking, talking about. about. <laughs> um, but other than the t probably the top three, yes, you're able to find the audio. Some Somebody somewhere has the audio, both the classic and the update. Uh, what we're talking about, there was... Now, the original broadcast was done in... Going back to Wikipedia, I think, yep, 97. Uh, according to this, he's been on it. Uh, the infamous Mel Waters has been on the program a total of four times, uh, 97, 2000, 2002, and December 2002. Um, the, on a program that we tend to watch late at night, or I want to say watch, watch. listen to, uh, you could watch the computer screen as it streams. If we watch, it's pretty much the same program every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's static, especially if you watch it with sound. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's it's a radio broadcast, an AM broadcast. broadcast. Oh my god! Uh, that usually they are the top, the radio top yeah, AM broadcast is uh, coast to coast. coast with the current host yeah, George is, Nori. Is George Nori still George Nori? I haven't he, listened he, to it. He in a signed while. the contract that he's going to. He was going to retire December 12, 2012, yeah. but he updated the contract that he's going to be with the program as long as he's physically able to. Uh, <laughs> so, in December 12, 2012, when the show is on fire, fire. <laughs> broadcasting live from the apocalypse. Uh, yeah, he'll he, still be broadcasting. Yes, but the first, the creator of this program was a man in his own legendary right by the name of Art Bell. Who I almost share a birthday with. Yes. His is, his is the 17th, mine is the 16th of June. And that makes us Gemini buddies. I don't know. Either way, uh, back in, to sum up the story. He was in a Lindsay Lohan movie. And he was in the, on the show Millennium as a guest spot. Oh, that's too. true too, yeah. And either way, back in brief history, back in 97, early 97, I mean real early. According to this, it was February, Wikipedia, it was February 24th. He wrote into Art Bell, because Art Bell had an email address, and stated a brief summary of what he had in his backyard. Dear God. Um, he opened up the lines, and Mel Waters called in, and he verified that it was, Art Bell verified it was Mel Waters, and Mel Waters shared a story about a hole in his backyard and I know a lot of you are saying what's so special about a hole 
Well, according to this person, that this hole was, well, I think he said like 15, 20 feet in diameter. Again, what's so special about this hole? This, it was like... There's two... Well, the, so, we're starting fast with the forward, first one. Okay, well, fast forward. You're describing the hole. The, the first the hole. The first hole was, was more or less a dirt hole. A dirt hole in... Emmett's... Did, did, is it the one that had the brick down the sides or like the, uh, the masonry? Yeah. And uh, the second one had the metal uh, lip? Metal lip. Um, the first one is in... Manistash... Washington, no, Ellensburg, Washington. Manastash Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he claimed that he put like close to 15 miles of cord down this hole with no bottom. He said residents of this town, Ellensburg, has been putting trash in this hole for God knows how long, and it hasn't filled up. Bottomless hole. But yeah, it's been you know bottomless. There's no end in sight. Yada yada yada. Black. Did you know that there's a resident hole uh, here in our area? Really? Yeah. I haven't told you about this, have I? No. Yeah. It's 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 behind the Kmart. <laughs> it's behind the Kmart. I, I mean, I wish I was kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, uh, a coworker has told me about this on two separate occasions. I've been meaning to go check it out. He says. It's bottomless. They've thrown a lot of things down there. Bricks. Yada, yada, yada. It's fenced off. So somebody knows about it. But they've thrown many things down there and... No. This is my forward day weekend. And Kmart's <laughs> nearby. So, um, I'm willing to check this shit out. Yeah, I know. But um, I haven't been there. So, uh, yeah. amazingly, I don't know how in the hell... But, you see, it's behind a fence in like a residential community. So I'm guessing that people are going to be like... Argh! Uh, Either way, um, a few years passed, and sometime in 2000 or 2000 or 2002, Mel Waters called again, saying he was in Nevada. Oh God, this is the one that gets weird. Yes. Now he said he found another one of these bottomless holes in, like maybe an hour on some sort of reservation in Nevada. Yeah, isn't it like an hour outside of Reno? Or something like that. Mm. And he said it had a metal lip. It looked like something was A little bit bigger. A little bit bigger. And he Is got that permission. the one that shot black light out of no, it? No, that was the one in um, oh, that was the other one. Ellensburg. Uh, but this one, he said he went out there on the reservation with some of the local Native Americans. Uh-huh. And... They ran a few tests. One of the tests that they did was they um, they said animals, for one thing, Mel Waters said no animal will go near this thing. Mm-hmm. Either hole. No, if you brought a dog or if a dog willingly came, followed you, it would stop maybe about 30 feet from anywhere near this hole. It would not, no bird, no anything would go near this and hole. And nothing would fly over Nothing it. would fly over it. So they decided, what, one of the questions that they had was what would happen if you load a living being in this hole? Obviously, they didn't want to lower a human in there, so they had a, I think it was like a lamb or a, a goat or a sheep go- or goat, something. See, something like that. They loaded it in within like a forklift or something like that. No, something it with was, a, yeah, it was some like a sort pulley. of contra- pulley contraption. That they put it over the hole. It had a cage. It had a cage. They had to knock out the animal to keep it, you know, right. still. 
from trying to wreck the cage. They lowered it in down a couple hundred feet, waited maybe about 15, 20 minutes, and lowered it back up. The animal, when it lowered it back up and they opened up the cage, was dead. And when they performed a autopsy on this animal, there in the wild, the bed of somebody's pickup or the tables that they brought with them, <laughs> they pulled out a seal. Well, no, in the body cavity, in the body of, cavity of, of the of, de- de- of the deceased, deceased animal, an animal, there was a what was it? They said like a cocoon, or something like that. <laughs> I gotta re-listen to the the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, when eventually, either they opened up the cocoon or it came out, was the seal. A seal with human eyes <laughs> that looked into Mel Waters and cured him of a life-threatening illness. <laughs> and stared at them puzzled uh, and looking at them for like it was like an hour, uh, an hour before it hopped back over to the hole and, and into the hole and went back down. Went back down. Now, one of the other experiments that they did, which eventually it did have logic to it. Uh, meaning that they wanted to see if heat was emanating from the bowels of this hole. Since they didn't have any thermometers, if they put a thermometer down in there, obviously it would change as it comes back, as it comes back up. So what they decided was they go out to a local Minute Mart, grab you know, a couple bags of ice, lower one bucket full of ice into the hole, and keep another bucket near up top near next to them that way if when they bring up the second bucket of ice if it's completely melted obviously it's hotter than yeah they they pretty much waited until the the bucket of ice up top was maybe about half melted right and if they before they reeled in the one from the hole they figured if the ice in the bucket that was in the hole was completely melted then it was hotter than the one up top if it was colder, obviously, it would be either more ice in it. Right. This is at least decent logic. Logic would tell what, you that they would draw up a bucket, bucket of, water. of water. or They would definitely draw up a bucket of water. Because the lower you get, the hotter it gets. I'm yeah. Sure. Either way, you see the logic right. in, in this. Right. Even if it was attached to a cave, some caves are cooler than outside. Yeah. Uh, meaning, if you go to a cave, it's like 72 degrees at one point. It could be 85, 90 degrees on the surface. It's still 72 degrees in the cave. Obviously, it'll be a little bit cooler. Right. Uh, so there was logic behind this experiment. But when they pulled up the bucket of ice, it was completely full. <laughs> and they decided, you know, they looked at this quizzically. You know, this is ice. It should melt. So we got to get rid of the... They said, well, we got to... Got to get rid of this ice. And they had a campfire up, burning. So they decided, hey, it's a quick way of, you know, putting out the, f- the fire and melting the ice and the same thing. Toss the bucket of ice on the fire. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Another logical, you know, would be, let's put out the fire. All we got is ice. Ice is made of water. Water puts out fire. Logical conclusion. <laughs> but unfortunately, the ice started to burn. Like coal. So <laughs> And wasn't melting. It wasn't melting. No. And, and in fact, was the Indian guy the one? One of the Indian home? guys took some home and to, he was to heat his it, home. And it was heating his home, home. but he was slowly dehydrating and, and dying. And, and when he put 
Did when he die? put, I, I don't know, but he, they said, uh, the, you heard one that was a little bit longer than what I heard. Uh, uh, the one I heard that he put the water, didn't he put it like a tea kettle on the fireplace where this ice was burning? Right. And instead of the steam from the boiling water going up into the air, it was being drawn back into the fire. Into the fire, yeah. So, I mean, like, you're like, what? <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things that you want to go to and, yeah. you know, lower. So there's been people hunting for this hole and nobody Both can holes. find it. Um, some people have said they've been up to Ellensburg on the website, melshole.com, that they've been up there. They found the location of where Mel has supposedly lived on... Uh, not only that, the locals don't even know who this guy is. Yeah. So they figured Mel Waters is an alias. They found the general area where this hole is supposed to be. And they found something that was... Now, mind you, the government was supposed to supposedly taken over this location. <laughs> so the whole thing was supposed to be fenced off. And if you went 15 miles anywhere near this place, you were stopped by a government official threatening your, your life. But they've been there, they've hiked there, nothing. Yeah. So it, as far as I've, and a lot of people have known, figured out that it's probably some sort of elaborate hoax. Yeah. Or there's some, been the, the Google Earth searches where people some, like try to find it on Google Earth and there's no, nothing. No, nothing there. But, uh, no, at the same rate... Very, very compelling saga uh, of Mel's Hole. We we love it. Yeah, it, <laughs> I could listen it, to it all day. It, you like you find yourself going, "This is hogwash. This is bullshit." Now, but, mind but you, at the same rate, you are just captivated. And the reason why we talk <laughs> about this is that when I first heard this, I was doing. It was winter time right. back in like two thousand, <laughs> what four or five? Two thousand three. No, what? 2004. Was it was it two, four, or five. It's oh, when I first four. met you. Yeah, it was four. Um, yeah. So, I was stuck in the house one winter's night. It was snow on the ground. Couldn't make it to work. So, I'm just doing random Google searches <laughs> of, you know, going from the logical, I'm going to search for my name, my buddy's name, you know, cats, dogs. And it wandered off to, like, the paranormal. And, like, huh, coast to coast. I've heard about them, you know, and... I came up to their, their Streamlink membership. I'm like, uh, yeah, I have the money for their Streamlink, but I don't know if they'll like, I'll like their program. So I did a, uh, yes, it's illegal. We don't condone it. You know, legalese. Uh, a LimeWire search of Art Bell Coast to Coast and the whole nine yards just to get a sampling of I their program. I can do it completely. Uh, we're just saying for legally. Oh, I mean, no. Yeah, no, it's illegal. Don't do it at home, folks. I don't download anything, ever. Illegally. Illegally. <laughs> but at the time, it was just to get a sampling of their program to see if I was willing to spend the money, which I did. Mm. And the first thing I downloaded was, ironically enough, Mel's Whole Saga. Right. And <laughs> after that, it was like, oh my God, I listened to the whole thing. The next thing I did was I burnt it on a CD and I handed it over to Big Candy. I'm like, you got to listen to this shit. It's completely amazing. Not only that, it was like other broadcasts that were like totally out there. That was, was kind like, of the heyday of the of, of what we listened to. Because remember, that's about the same time that we were listening to a lot of, uh, oh, was it UFO Phil? UFO, yeah, 2004. So UFO Phil, um, 
a demon by the name of Oscar. Oscar. What was the guy that called in? He was from uh, Area 51, the panicked phone call. The panicked phone That was the one I downloaded. That yeah. was like that was a classic uh, Art Bell. Right. Um, there was the guy that was flying over Area 51. 51 another classic and they one. shot him down. down. Uh, there was... Oh, jeez. There's so many of them. They're so funny. The, uh, I mean, you can sit there and you, you can find these online program. everywhere. It's... The show is still on the air. Yeah. It's not so... It, it, back in 2004, up until, I'd say, mid-2006, it was still a very interesting program. Right. I mean... You could listen to their open lines on a Friday night, and you'd hear a lot of weird and interesting tales, up up to including someone who found a miniature dinosaur and, and captured it. Um, <laughs> I remember that one. One of my favorite ones, though, was the one from Halloween '06. Uh, I believe it was. I think I might have that. You one remember too. that one? It was the one where they were on there just doing ghost stories. All yeah, night. They, they Art Bell always does two. Now that he's kind of semi, he's still semi-retired. Meaning, he when he wants to do a po program, he'll come on and do a program. Mm -hmm. But he still officially does two programs a year. One is the October thirty-first. Um, instead of coast to coast, it's ghost to ghost. Right. Nothing but ghost stories. And the other one he does is the New Year's Eve prediction show. Ah, yeah. Um, both are always interesting. Which you know. In their own right, and listening to Art Bell is always funny. He'll talk about his cats. His, you know, he's like, yeah. I think one time he said, uh, as soon as he started the program, his cat jumped on the keyboard and almost shut down the entire break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just know that the last time I actually tuned in and was listening to it, it had gone from Friday night funny call-ins to. Mm -hmm. The call-in would be, I found Jesus. I found Jesus. Jesus. And he's a shadow person. And you're like, and you're like, oh, dear God. And it's like, the, usually the first call sets the tone of the whole broadcast. And, yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, shadow person raped me. Or, you know, uh, my neighbor, he's possessed by a demon. <laughs> and he, he like... This is not what I, you know, phoned in to hear. I want to hear truckers calling, t telling me that they had a chupacabra attached to the cab. Yeah. You know. The stories we used to hear on there that would make us literally want to get out of the, the car, car while it's moving. Not to mention there's a, <laughs> there's a tale that I still have on, that makes me want to um, travel the New York PA border from one end to the other because of a trucker's phone call saying he met a centaur. Uh, which is for those again oh, yeah. for the for the layman out there who doesn't know what a centaur is. Yeah, a centaur is a half man, half horse. Um, see, see, find a geek that has either Hercules or Xena on DVD. That they'll give you yeah. a visual special effects reference. Well, Harry uh, Potter had one. Yeah, Harry Potter has one. Um, that sort of thing. It's like a man on top, human. Man torso or female torso. It's mostly a man torso and a horse body. It'd be funny if it was the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, he said he met a... He was he was just stopped on the side of the road one night, filling out his log book. He was just rest, doing what he needed to do. He was just filling out his log book, having some tea. He just got done using the woods as a bathroom, you know, taking a leak. And... He was just filling out his logbook, and he, he hears a knocking on his door. 
And he thought nothing of it. And he hears another knocking on the door. And he looks, he said he looks out the window and sees this naked chick, which, you know, he could, hey, if there's a pub within 50 mi 20 miles or 5 miles of where you're sitting, it could happen. But he said this naked chick was on top of a centaur. And she asked him for a ride. Now, he did the most logical thing out there. He said, I don't take hitchhikers. Started the vehicle and drove off. And he said he stopped at a rinky-dink. You know, it was like one of these, it's not like a Flying J or something like that that deals primarily in truckers. It's like a mom-and-pop truck stop. Right. And he got a drink. He got some more iced tea to bring with him on the road. And the person behind the counter said, uh, your friend wanted you to have this. And he said, what? And she said, it, it's paid for, no charge. It was his brand cigarettes and a copy of, I think it was like heavy metal or something <laughs> like that. It was, or Truckers Today. I forgot the name of the magazine. With the, it had no UPC or price on it, but it had the naked chick on the cover. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that one before. I thought I had. I thought I thought it was one that you told me about, but no, I didn't know about that one. No, th those are the classic shows. Those are, those are great. And, and not not so much anymore. It might. I mean, it might turn around. George Nori yeah. might. The, the, not, I like, Nori Nori likes to mess with people. He yes, he does. One lady called in one night, and I'll never forget this. She called in. She was like, "George, do you ever notice there's not as many stars as there used to be in the sky?" And he goes, "Well, yes, they're all disappearing." She's like, what? <laughs> yeah, not to because you don't believe in them. And the lady was like, are you serious? He's like, yes, you have to believe in them. And there was one night someone <laughs> called in. You have to go through a screener to get on the program. Yeah. And obviously she made it past the screener. And a lot of people, they've been on so long that they forget that they're waiting. They might get the screener again. Right. Um, she he flipped the switch for one of the lines. She came on. She said, "Is this me?" She literally thought that George Norrie was the screener, and he played it that that he was a screen the screener. <laughs> and he said, "That sounds like an interesting story. Let me put you on with George." And he, he like he went on. It's like, "Hi, I'm George. You know, how can you know what what you She repeated the story. She's like, "Okay, I'll take your information. And like, I'll put you back with the screener. Hold on a second. You <laughs> went back." Yeah, he he he's done the uh, George from the future. Sure. Yeah, like he he'll openly deny like, oh, that wasn't me, but yeah, you know damn well it was him. Well, I yeah. I'd love to have him on this program. I would that would be fantastic if we could get him on here. Uh, he's a card. I'm sure he'd have quite the, t the tale. He'll tell you that he'll give a, like a laundry list of like, yeah, coast fans are afraid of clowns sleeping, <laughs> not being awake, being awake. <laughs> Uh, sleeping, laying down, sleeping, standing up, sleeping in chairs, mirrors, clown, <laughs> like werewolves, UFOs, being out at night, being out in the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, that's. I guess that's our the show, show tonight. tonight. Uh, we're talking about mm -hmm. coast to coast. coast. Check it out sometime. Coast. Download some of the classic episodes. You can get those off the website coasttocoast.com. But you have to be a streamlink member. But which they do, was it? Seven dollars a month. Yes, but they do uh, free weekends every now and again. That is you true. know. Keep checking their website, and 
they they have a lot of great programs out there. We'll add the link in the show notes, mm-hmm. and no, you sure. can check that out. No. Um, it should it it, it it's. A wonderful program. They do have great guests. And if you have nothing no. to do all night, look up your local listings. It's going to be on an AM channel. It doesn't yes. broadcast FM. Uh, or if you're very streaming... Few, there are very few stations broadcast in FM. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know But it's like two out of a hundred or something no, like that. Something like that. But if not, you know, you can download the stream link and play it on the iPod re- or what have you. And they do real audio on a nightly basis. So either way, that's our broadcast. We hope you had fun. Um, again, our email address is eecf25428 at comcast.net. We are also, you probably got us through iTunes, so please leave us a comment. We will, when we get enough email in, we'll read them on the air. We'll mention your name, so. Thanks to all 17 of you who've listened to the program. Probably as about 18 now, or more. <laughs> or more. Um. So affect others with this broadcast, please. We mean you no harm. It's just a good time. Yes. Two guys talking about stuff. Stuff. We don't have an agenda. If you want to talk to us, talk to us. Hey, we'll talk back. Back. Yes. All right. All right. Good night, everybody. See ya. Online, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I I I I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um. Well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, area, area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh, man, I don't know where to start. They're, uh, they're, they're going to... Um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone, so give us something quick. Okay, um, um, okay, what, what we're thinking of as, as aliens are, they're, uh, they're, they're extra-dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the, um, space program made contact with. Uh, they they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming. They the, the military. I'm sorry. The, the government knows about them, and. There's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now, Art. But they're not doing they're not doing anything. They are not they want the major population centers wiped out so that the the few that are left will be more easily controllable. Discharge. <laughs> The Electric Eye Collective. What's your geek? Reverend Godfather here, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, hopping in here for a moment, not just to ask you how you enjoyed the Electric Eye episode, but to kindly tell you upcoming is the Art Bell Coast to Coast episode, featuring 
Mel Waters and everything else. And again, that it is fair use, meaning that it, this is for instructional use purposes and to give context to what me and Big Candy talked about in the Electric Eye episode and to give context to the episode that will be dropping on Wednesday. Now, we do not own anything in regards to Coast to Coast AM, Art Bell, or anything like that. So, again, uh, hopefully this is just fair use. Uh, we're not earning any funds off of it or anything like that. It's just to teach everybody out, out there what the full story is because I don't think I told it well enough in the Wednesday episode nor did me and Big Candy give it justice in the old Electric Eye episode. So please enjoy this episode with Art Bell and Mel Waters. Let's get into it, shall we? KFI. Los Angeles. holiday rebroadcast of Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. From January 29th and December 20th of this year, it's Art and his guest Mel Waters talking about Mel's form. And now, the best of Coast to Coast AM. To reach Art Bell in the Kingdom of Nye from west of the Rockies, dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. Or use the wild card line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks. Mel Waters has appeared on Coast to Coast AM several times over the years now. Many may remember his accounts of the mysterious hole on his property in central Washington, which appeared to have no bottom. The hole was, by Mel's account, measured to a depth of 80,000 feet, utilizing fishing line and a weight. Since Mel's first appearance on the show, many strange, fascinating, and rather unfortunate things have happened to Mel and the people somehow related to the hole. In a moment, it's back to Mel's hole and more. from, uh, you know, I don't know where he is right now, Mel Waters. Mel, welcome to the program. I'm here in the Pacific Northwest. Somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, that'll do. Uh, first of all, it's great to hear from you, and I guess we heard from you, Mel, because what, were you out somewhere when we did a rebroadcast of uh, the original Mel's whole thing? Yeah, yeah, I guess this was last week sometime, and uh, I was coming back from uh, Nevada, and uh, it turned out, uh, I get a lot of rides from truckers. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you, you might you might find this interesting. I look a hell of a lot like Willie Nelson. Do you? 
And I mean, you know, people will come up to me, and particularly truckers, and say, do you know you look like Willie Nelson? Uh, no kidding. And, uh, and then I tell them, no, 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 I'm not Willie Nelson. I am Mel Waters. And they know who you are? Well, they know exactly who I am. And next thing you know, I've got three or four truckers standing around me, and we're talking. And well, how do you get them to believe you? I, uh, I once was out in my... I've got an RV, Mel. Yeah. And we talked to truckers uh, on CB. You know, that's real handy when you're on the road. And uh, I encountered some truckers, my wife and I did, and we were running with them. You know, you do that. You kind of run in a pack. And uh, they wouldn't believe it was me. I said, I, they said, uh, your, your name is Art. You're from probably, are you Art Bell? I said, yes, I'm Art Bell. They said, no, you're not. I, I, I haven't had any problem with it. I, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I guess a lot of the, the truckers that are listening to you aren't seeing you on your website. Or, <laughs> so I, I guess they have no mental picture of you at all. So I think that's Well, I mean, probably... even, even on the radio, though, on CB. We were just talking to them on CB. Oh, so they, 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 they heard your voice. Yeah, that's right. Oh, they, that's they, they would not uh, believe it was me. Oh. Uh, they finally did, but it took about an hour. Anyway, anyway Mel... Um, yeah, so we're, you know, we're heading back, and uh, we're, we're near Portland, and he turns on the radio, and I'm on the air. You know, at first... <laughs> I didn't believe I was, you know, I, I, you know this, is, this is a dream. We've been on the road too long. And, and no, no, that was, that was me. And we were wrapping up the, the show there, and I decided, well, I'm heading back here. I had to see, uh, see a doctor for a checkup here. And so we, uh, you know, I came up here, and I decided, what the heck, I'll uh, bring the audience up to date here. It, I kind of left people dangling there at the end of... Uh, yeah, I got a lot of, hey, I'm dangling here. What's the story on Mel's Hole? Now, uh to bring everybody just very quickly, the 101, you found you had a piece of property in Washington. Yeah, out, out, out near Ellensburg, Washington, the center of Washington State, uh, up, uh, near the uh, Manassas Ridge, which is uh, sort of like the mountain range that runs along uh, 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 Ellensburg is in the Kittitas Valley. And so you got a valley, you've got mountain ranges and ridges and so forth. And that's basically where the property is located uh, out there. Um, Tell them what happened. Go ahead, tell them well, what well, happened. Well, uh, oh, what happened with the property? Well, yeah, I mean... Okay, you, you, we'll, you give you the, we'll give you the nickel tour, as Thank it you. were. Thank you, good. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, basically, uh, this was back in 97, so this was five years ago, almost, yeah, uh, yes. that, that I uh, sent a fax uh, to the show here, and uh, basically I described what I had done about this hole and how I... Uh, lowered some fishing line into it because, uh, uh, quite frankly, for years and years and years and years and years, people were dumping stuff into the holes. I'm talking refrigerators. I'm talking dead animals. Uh, uh, my favorite thing to toss in there was uh, TV picture tubes. But no matter what we tossed in there, mm. we never heard anything hit bottom. Uh, let me stop you for just one second. Mel, uh, do you have a Bible? Uh, yes. Go get your Bible. I'll wait. I will have I have the Bible right here, and I will... You have it that handy? Yes. Place your hand on it, Mel. It is right on the Bible. Do you swear to me, with your hand on that Bible, Mel, that what you are telling me and about to tell me is the whole truth, uh, the absolute truth? Let us say the absolute truth. <laughs> I will say the absolute truth. Cute. Uh, I'm sorry about the whole truth thing. Uh, the absolute truth, um, with your hand on the Bible, so help you God. Yes, I uh, do. All right. All right, then let us proceed. Uh, so I, I, all right, sorry. So you, you threw TV picture tubes down, but I mean, I remember cows going down and... Yeah, so, so some people threw uh, dead cattle out there. I had a uh, little Mexican fellow that used to throw uh, uh, literally truckloads of tires down there. 
and there was enough, uh, the hole was big enough so that you could throw something down and you wouldn't hear it cascading off the side as it, it, it went down. It was, it was nine feet across and uh, it had a retaining wall around the top of it and uh, the stone went down a bit, but uh, as far as I can tell, as far as I could see... No splash, no crash, no nothing. bang, nothing. Uh, and, and it seemed to, it seemed to be, and you know, it didn't look like it tapered. It looked, you know, from everything that I could see. It looked as wide as far yeah. as you could it, see. It was a hole. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's further than I could see it tapered. I had no idea. But I figured if something tapered, eventually tapers down to nothing, and things start collecting. Well, nine feet in diameter, that's a big hole. That's a good sight hole. That's yeah. three, what, three yards across. That's uh, more than the average human being is standing up. So you had something across the hole, right? Yeah, we put a uh, uh, some corrugated metal and stuff on top of it kind of to secure it. By know. the way, had you fenced the hole in? Was there any protection? Was there a sign up that said... Beware of the hole? No. Yeah, beware of the hole. Oh, it, it, that's, uh, I think, would fall under the category of attractive nuisance. Uh-huh. You start warning people and... Uh, that gets people enticed. So. But how about protecting people? I mean, oh well, again, that's God, what, you what, just... the, uh, what the uh, corrugated metal on top was for. It was secured on there pretty yeah. good, so okay. you can, you know, okay. you, you you couldn't open this up uh, without basically busting the mechanism open. And... So you began lowering fishing line into the hole uh, from this centerpiece, right? Yeah, yeah. First, I uh, I uh, used to do a lot of shark fishing, so I had a couple of big uh, fishing poles with a lot of line on them, and. Uh, uh, what, what was curi- what I was curious about is to find out uh, if there was any water down there. You know, what the heck? So I lowered uh, sure. a big reel full of uh, line into it and uh, had a roll of lifesavers on the bottom. The, the, the roll of the lifesavers was simply because if it hit water, the lifesavers would dissolve. Absolutely. It would melt. Sure. You know, it's an old fisherman's trick. So that's what, uh, what I did. You know, I lowered down. I emptied this uh, reel. I assume there's about... 500 yards of line on this particular reel there. Right. I did that with another reel, so I connected them up there and I get down to about 3,000 feet, and, and same same result. And then finally, I get kind of nuts about the whole thing there, so I went and bought uh, basically monofilament in uh, wholesale quantities. It's kind of stuff that they fill the uh, fishermen's reels with down at the fisher uh, the sporting goods stores. You see, they have monster reels. Of, sure, uh, giant. So, you know, basically I started lowering the stuff down there on a... Uh, one pound lead weight into the hole. By the way, did you have any help, or were you doing this all by yourself? Well, uh, about no. The, the project was conducted by myself. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have you know assistance or anything. Yeah, like it was that. your own property anyway, right? It was. It was, it was my property. Uh, we were. My uh, my wife was becoming estranged from me, so she wasn't hanging around or anything. I was just mm-hmm. sort of out there at the uh, property doing doing you know just just to satisfy my own curiosity. And basically, at the point where I had reached. 80,000 feet of line into uh, uh, the hole. And right. uh, I had a little, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, I had a little widget that kept track of, uh, it, it's just like a little, it's not a, it's not a, mecha- it's a, like a mechanical digital counter. But it, is, it, is, it was made for measuring how much line goes down. So I knew exactly how much line I'd put into the hole at that point. Which was? 80,000 feet. 80,000 8,000 8, Times ten or eight zero 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 eighty thousand feet, something like fifteen miles of line went into that hole. Uh, there are people who have questioned. Uh, I mean, you had a little weight, of course, on the end. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then you had the weight of the line itself. Mm-hmm. Now, at some point, people say the line would be so heavy that uh, you would have no idea whether you actually hit bottom or not. Well, uh, yeah, I, w- I, w- I would think so. 
you know, and, and, and again, the only thing is I do recall I got back to you, and, and uh, what, I, what I did is I actually measured the weight of the line in the hole. Okay. okay I had a little spring fisherman's scale oh, okay. put on the thing. And I believe I had somewhere between, with the weight on the bottom, between 17 and 18 pounds of weight attached to Okay. The top. All right. That's well, that would have been there. within the limits. All right. I don't know. I mean, I mean it, it, you know, to, to me, that, uh, you know, I, I I think about it now, and I think about what I've been through, and I think about all these things here, and, and I, I don't know what to make of any of this stuff. I don't I don't know why. I mean, I, I know that, well, didn't, didn't you have somebody talk about they're drilling like these huge deep holes in Russia or something like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay, you got, you got your, your deep holes there. I, I don't know how what what the depth of a, of a hole is. The stuff the hole there has been there for as long as anybody can remember. If you talk to some people there, they say, "Oh, yeah, this was there." You know, from there are people who say there are volcanic uh, vents or whatever. Could, could be. It could be. Um, but uh, still, at eighty thousand feet, no bottom of the hole. Now, this hole exhibited some. Uh, lack of a better term, paranormal aspects. Well, well, well yeah, and, 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 and I believe what I, what I had noted was that, uh, uh, you know, my dogs wouldn't have anything to do with it. You know, they wouldn't go anywhere near it. Right. Uh, the, uh, you know, birds don't, didn't mess with the, the, the retaining wall. You know, it's the kind of place birds like to go. They didn't go anywhere near it. Uh, uh, that there were people that uh, told me various things that, you know, when, when I talked to them about it, uh, one, one man claimed he'd had thrown a dog that died into it and uh at some some point after that he was out there hunting around up there in the hills and he he saw uh the same exact same dog just going through the woods like it was hunting with somebody so the hole then brought the dog back to life well is the idea now now here's the thing here i said well did you did you call the dog back to you mm-hmm. and and you know did it did it come back to you he said it looked like it was hunting with somebody else that's what he said. Well, at least it was happy. It was it was there on the same places where he had gone to. Now you believe so strongly in uh, in the powers of this whole I know that uh, as one condition. Well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, wait, wait. The government came and took your hole. That's no, what well, look, there, 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 was, there, was, there was quite a, uh, a period of time there where uh, uh, after the program, uh, all hell had broken loose. And, uh, yeah, I was going back to the, to the, uh, the hole. I actually wasn't living when I had talked to you originally. I was not living on the property. We had just had a really major snowstorm, like two feet of snow in 24 hours. And most of my, uh, uh, trailer buildings and stuff were all caved in on the property. So it was a real, real mess yes. out there. Anyway, I'd taken an apartment in town. And so, you know, it, it, it was the next day or whatever. I go back there and, uh, you know, I'm, driving up to my property, and even before I get anywhere near the property, I'm met by uh, basically uh, uniformed people who are telling me that uh, there was a plane crash on my property That's that right. uh, they have to investigate and clear the accident, and that I'm, you know, not to, uh, you know, they will let me know when I can come back. Now, this, bear in mind, everybody, this was after our, immediately after oh, it, our yeah, broadcast. Yeah. This, this, this is almost nobody like knew about hours. the hole until the broadcast. Immediately after the broadcast, next day he goes back and they're giving him this plane crash crash. And uh, you know, I, I said, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm no dummy. I'm looking around. I don't see any smoke. I don't smell any smoke, and I didn't see any evidence of what would be a plane crash. So I'm pretty much believing they're handing me a bill of goods. Right. And uh, you know, I said, look, this is my property. I want to get onto it. Mm. 
And uh, basically, there were some threats made against me that, uh, you know, I was then told that it would be fairly easy for people to find a drug lab on my property there. I'm basically a, a man who deals in herbs and, and Native American uh, herbal medicine. So and, they're uh, saying, like, back off, buddy, or we got... But we got, got you, and what could I do? Yeah. You know, I mean, what I had there, I suppose, could be construed as a drug lab. I mean, I don't know, but uh, that's where it was. Well, uh, was was it a real drug lab, or...? Well, I had I had, I had the various uh, plants that grow, grow native in that area there. I had some plants that I brought up from Nevada growing over there, but none of these things are anything but plants that you would find growing in a high desert environment. And there are a lot of a lot of psychedelic hallucinogenic plants. No, I did not deal with anything like that. Well, but that's normal. I mean, that's all over the desert. It it may not be widely known, but it's the truth. There's all kinds of hallucinogens that grow naturally in the desert. Oh, the the, the, the people that know, and I've I've, uh, worked extensively with uh, uh, Native Americans, and, and, you know, they can walk through... uh, an area, and they can tell you everything. Okay, so it's not like you had a meth lab up there or anything. Yeah, that's what they were. They were implying there was. It was herbal stuff. All right. Well, all right. So they scare you the hell away. Then, then, how did you come to make a deal with the government? How did that Uh, happen? I, I, you know, I have a hard time figuring out uh, what what led around here. But basically, I wasn't going to back off. I was talking, basically talking to the press. You are the press, Art Bell. And uh, so what they did is offer to lease my property from me in perpetuity for a very healthy sum of money. And I'm talking like a quarter of a million dollars a month. To have oh, oh my God. Prop- yeah, that's three million bucks a year. That's a lot of money. And, uh, you know, I, I had agreed for them to uh, let me relocate in Australia, a place that I uh, love and actually wish I could go back to, but that's neither here nor there. Well, you did, in fact, go to Australia because I had a couple of emails from yeah, you, oh, when, yeah. you were, I would, I would, when you were there. I would I would contact you from time to time there yeah. just to let you know yeah. I was okay. And, and you and were that. in Australia. Oh, I know that's true. Um, so you, uh, you had taken the money, and I figured you were probably... Uh, sipping martinis uh, in some nice Aussie outback location with lots of nice young yes, very Australian, yes, and just having a nice life, uh, combing my beard and all that stuff. So what the yeah. hell happened? Well, and and then I, uh, you know, I was doing well. I did a lot of good work over there. Uh, one of, one of the things that I was allowed to do was to bring some of my uh, plants with me. And, they they uh, sent you? Them. Did they send you the money? Oh yeah, it, it appeared regularly in my account. I I got the money. Johnny on the spot. It was, it was great. You know, I, they they allowed me to bring my dogs with me, which I don't know if you know about transporting dogs across the seas, but you normally can't they bring do. dogs. I know. Well, yeah. without quarantine for a long period of time. They were not in quarantine. They just said, hey. So they got you right past that. They got me right, dude. I so, got, I got I mean, the red carpet treatment. You were the king of the hole, no doubt about it. That I mean, was that. That was it. I was living good. I was, I was happy, and... Uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, doing fine, doing my work out there. Did uh, uh, a lot of work out there on wombat rescue and wombat uh, 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 restoration. There it was great. Uh, and how many? How many quarter million dollar payments did they actually come through with? Well, I was there from. Uh, yeah, I, I have I haven't tallied it up there, but I was basically there from March of 97 until right before the millennium. <laughs> I mean, the year 2000. Okay. All right. So, Mel, Mel, hold on. 
Hold on, we're at the bottom of the hour. I'm Art Bell. Mel Waters is my guest. Much more ahead. There's something happening here. But what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there. Telling me I got to West of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. And the wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nine. My guest is Mel Waters of Mel's Whole Fame, and he'll be right back. Now, the keepers of the network vault of time information inform me that Mel Waters was originally on the program February 21st of 1997, then again February 24th, three days later. Then he wasn't on until April of uh, 2000. That would have been, what I guess, when he came back to the U.S. So that, that's the timeline we've got. That sounds about right, Mel. So, you well, know, actually, they, they, they paid you, uh, Mel, a lot of money. I mean, there were several payments of a quarter million dollars, right? Oh, yeah. Month, just nice as every month. It was well, there. what the hell happened to all the money? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. And uh, uh, I had come back uh, in December... Okay. Of, uh, what was it? When was, I was on... Would have been 2000. You were on uh, right. April of uh, 2000, so... 2001. Well, it says 2000 here. Maybe the timekeeper... Okay, that it, it was right before the millennium. Right. Okay, so in ni- 19... No, 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 this was the millennium. I mean, you yeah. know, zero, zero. In 1999, in December, I had come back, and I actually contacted you to appear on the air. Uh-huh. You know, I was I was in the USA, and I right. thought we'd just kind of... Exactly. Actually, actually, it would have been a boring interview. It would have just been, oh, how life was good in Australia and how wonderful things were. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But everybody would know, hey, now's alive. He's doing okay. Uh, basically, at that point, I was, uh, I was helping my nephew move uh, from uh, Tacoma to Olympia, and I would, uh, on the, during the day, before the interview. Right. 
And, uh, I, you know, we moved him down there in a U-Haul truck, and I was driving the truck back, and I was going to take the bus back to Olympia. Uh, there was some strangeness that occurred on the bus. There was an altercation. Uh, uh, there were, uh, uh, from what I, from what appeared to me, there were uh, uh, policemen and transit people that came over there. I was asked to give my statement. I said, no, 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 i got to get back to uh, Olympia, blah, blah, blah. I, I, you know, I can't miss the last bus. They said, that's okay. You can talk to us. We'll drive you back in the van. That was the last thing I remembered because when I had woke up, it was about 12 days later, and I was in a real seedy part of San Francisco lying in an alley. Uh, these winos were basically trying to get me to sing on the road again. Beaten up, as I recall. I was I was bad. I had no teeth in the back of my mouth, no no molars. They were gone. A I, dentist, uh, by the way, has since done some exemplary work for you. Do you like that? He gave me some uh, state-of-the-art dentures. They are wonderful. So, I mean, you were abducted. You were beaten up. Uh, uh, God knows what happened to you. You found yourself in San Francisco in a disaster. You have come back from that, obviously, but I still want to know, Mel, what the what hell happened? happened to all the money? Well, what what happened was that uh, when, when I had gone back and I uh, was with my nephew, I found out that I had been served with legal papers that said that basically the terms of my uh, divorce with my former wife were uh, basically had been canceled. I had lost... Uh, my rights because of the various modifications that were made to the property after um, I was no longer using the property. <laughs> Basically, septic systems were put in. There was yeah. there various uh, paving that was done and modifications that right. uh, uh, basically I was not allowed to do. Right. And so I no longer had any claim on that property. And that's, uh, that's basically where I'm left. So. Well, okay. Um, still, though, Mel, um, what about all the money you did receive? I mean, did you blow it on wine, women, and song, or what? I, uh, well, again, the, when, you, when you have a lot of money, yeah. uh, I mean, you could only eat so much food and drink so much uh, good scotch. That's you, right. You know, I mean, That's I mean, right. And uh, I devoted a good deal of the money. I had one for the uh, research I was doing. Uh, that was my my activity, and two, creating a, a facility for for uh, dealing with uh, our wombat friends in Australia. Yeah, I know you were very concerned about that. I, I remember did, you were writing I, about wombats. I am so proud of them because if if you go now, so your money you, went to the wombats, really. Uh, a, the majority of it, but right right after that, then I tried to access my money. My money wasn't there. I had uh, sent emails to uh, my uh, colleagues in Australia. They said my whole facility was dismantled over there. Oh, my God. Everyone was given a severance check because I had uh, various students and various people working for me there because, you know, I'm, I'm not a veterinarian or anything like that. So, again, you can go through money, quite quite a bit of money there. And, oh, and yes. I was glad to do it. I was glad to do it. So there I am, you know, lying, lying in, basically lying in the gutter, no teeth. My, uh, uh, you know, I, I could still see the tape on my arms, whereas they had taped down an IV or some sort of thing to it. So I was out of it for the longest time. And uh, I contacted my nephew, and he uh, managed to get me a, a bus ticket back, uh, back north. Brother, talk about going from being a whole baron to yeah, I had nothing. I, and nothing. and uh, I, I, I kind of—that's kind of where I left. Where I left everything when, when uh, you know, we we last last talked. Now I, I know that you've had contact with 
the Native American communities since you've been back. Is that right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. In fact, that we, we we will get into that because that leads to part two of all of this. But yeah, I know. I know. Kind of wrap things up. I wanted to to bring up some things because you probably noticed I was pretty uh, 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 ticked off that they'd stole my belt buckle. Oh yeah, I remember that. I, yes. I mean, and, and and you know, monks working with uh, with herbs and stuff. I'm kind of a an itinerant jeweler as well, and I make things. And uh, uh, I, you know, I went back to Ellensburg, and because I I'd sold a number of these similar belt buckles at the uh, farmer's market and through little consignment jewelry stores in Ellensburg. Right. And so, sure enough, when I'm there, I run into a guy who's wearing one of my belt buckles. Now, and they were made with a silver fork, and I had, and... Uh, yeah, you'd know your own work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they were very unique, and this, this was kind of a little folk art thing, and I had... Uh, what is the point, though? Well, well, the point is, is that... I, why, I, I kept on thinking, why would they take my belt buckle? Yeah. That, that was that was the thing. I mean, this this was very personal personal item there that would you know I had a, another belt buckle on my belt. See what I'm saying? Why 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 take a man's belt buckle? Makes no sense. Yeah. So so anyway, I run into this guy and I says, Hey, you bought one of my belt buckles? He says, Oh yeah, I love this thing. Anyway, so we take a look at it. And we're looking at it. And basically, the motif on there is I had three coins. You know that had affixed to it in bezels. Right. There was a coin with Winston Churchill. Right. On it, there was a coin with Joseph Stalin, and there was a coin dime with Franklin Roosevelt. Rather distinctive. Yes. Well, this this was folk art representing the the great conference that they had. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're looking we're looking at the coins there, and we're noticing there it is a 1943 Roosevelt dime. Yeah. Franklin Roosevelt was still alive in 1943. That's a good point. In 19... uh, are you sure? Yes, yeah, absolutely sure. Absolutely sure. It was a 1943 dime. Well, that just makes no sense whatsoever. I found a... You know, on my property, you know, I cleared a land. You know, I found that... Uh, uh, Nazi sort of gun there. It was a P-38 that I gave to the landlord as a deposit. I recall, yes. And we dig up all kinds of things, bits of metal and stuff like that. Well, I found when I went one time I was digging around there and just rooting around, I found one of these red Chinese lucky money envelopes. You know, the kind of Chinese give it to each other on yes on uh, New Year's? Yes, yes, yes. And it had ten of these dimes in it. So I got ten dimes. You know, I'm making, you know, these belt buckles. I put one in each one there. So we're examining this dime here with uh, this fellow in Ellensburg, and it struck us at the same time. I mean, when I told you 1943 Roosevelt dime, you thought, okay, okay, well, you know, it couldn't exist. We had a dime that there's no way it could exist. Right. But it looked just like your normal dime, but from 1943. And the only other thing that was kind of peculiar about it was that it had a B, as in baby, mint mark on it. Now, we have S for San Francisco, P for Philadelphia, D for Denver. Correct. But I have no record anywhere of a B, as in baby, or Boston, 
Boston. Could be Boston. I don't know what it was, but I, I know of no B mint mark on a dime. So anyway, this guy is really curious. He decides to go see a big-time coin dealer about this coin. And uh, he goes in there, and at, at the uh, coin dealer takes a look at it. He just is like, mouth is hanging open. This, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm relating the story from my buddy. Okay. He looks at this thing, and he's just flabbergasted. He says, uh, I, but what I don't understand is how all this relates. Well, well the, it, it ties into why my belt, belt buckle was taken. Oh. Because it had the same coin on there. Oh. No, no. Are you fairly sure it was not the same belt buckle? The, 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 I had made a series of ten of them. I made one. Ten of coin. I had ten of those same coins. I understand. So now, was this the same but belt no, buckle? No, it was or? one that he must have bought. Okay. Okay. Right. You, would you have any way of knowing if it was the same one? No. That... No. I, they, 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 they were very. They were all custom made, so each one was a little bit different. I, you know, I gotcha. Would, gotcha. Okay. And I would know for a fact it was not the one I wore every day of my life. All right. But you know, he took it to a coin dealer, and the, the coin dealer was just amazed. He had no. I mean, he couldn't even begin to grasp uh, what what he was holding in front of him. You know, he 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 started telling him, "I don't know, uh, uh, this this could be a prototype." Well, no, nothing explains it. I mean, time travel. What would explain? But, but uh, something created before Roosevelt would have even died. You know, when they created that time, they went to, you know, they, they sped up the uh, process to get a, a Roosevelt dime after he died. But there's nothing that explains it. The guy offered him a huge amount of money, the coin dealer. Here, I'm going to write you a very substantial check. You give me the dime. The guy says, let me think about it, okay? I'll give you my number. You give me a call, and, you know, and I'll let you know what I think. I make a long story short, uh, a day or two later, this guy is visited by Treasury officials there who said they have to confiscate this coin from him for some legal reason or another, so they took the coin away from this. Should have made the deal the day before. He should have made the deal. <laughs> well, so, well. So, now, so, somehow, do you remember where you got these coins? Yeah, they were on my property. They were you know, on the or, property. Uh, just yeah. showed up laying on the property? No, I was actually dig digging around there, you know, because I, you know, turned a lot of dirt over there to plant stuff and, 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 and grow things there and you know, I, I think about this, and nothing explains it. I mean, oh. time travel would not explain it. Don't you know? The only thing that I, you know, I even began to think about, you know, it's like over the years I didn't pay attention to it, but it was like, do you ever? Do you, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but in in the middle of every intersection, you know, on the road, yes, there's always a little pile of nuts and bolts. If if you drive by, you'll notice them. Yeah little springs, in, in, right in the middle of the intersection, yeah. stuff that falls off of cars. Right. And it, it seemed to me like that property was like that. The, all kinds of odds and ends were over there. I mean, why would I find a, an, an old... Well, you know, it's strange that you would mention all of this now. I remember in your, I remember you're telling the story of your belt buckle being gone, but you didn't go into the detail about your belt buckle before. No, now... no because I didn't know the significance of it. I, I just looked at it as uh, a couple of old silver times. So I, now I suddenly you relate it back to the hole in exactly. the property. I see. Exactly. So I, I got I got see. this. Uh, you know. So that 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 kind of explains why the buckle would be taken from me. I that, suppose so. 
uh, uh, it, it might be proof of something other than who it knows be. what. Yeah, but that 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 happened over there. Um, uh, and I, I just wanted to bring it up today. I haven't been able to track down my former wife at all. I mean, she is just like vanished. I, I don't know where she is. I don't know what name she's going under. I don't. I have no idea. Hmm. Um, all right. I, uh, here's a question for you, Mel. Yeah. The military obviously still is in possession of your property. Yes. Well, uh, I'm. You know. You know. We we have been saying military. We have been saying government. Whatever, whoever they are, they've got it, right? There is someone in possession of the property, yes. So if a person were to go to this property, uh, they would be halted or stopped before they could go on and make any sort of investigation or uh, whatever, right? I, I'm, I'm going to assume a number of things, uh, since I have not actually gone anywhere within uh, five miles of the property uh, since then, that there's a chain-link fence around it, there's probably a sign that says, Agricultural research do not enter, or something like that. That's what I'm going to assume. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to assume that what it looked like when I owned it, or or had it in my possession, doesn't look like it now. I will also clue everybody into one thing. Uh, Art, are you familiar with the Terra server? Uh, yes, that's the satellite imagery. Yes, you can get satellite imagery of almost any spot on Earth. Okay, you go to the Terra server. Yes, and you go see the pictures where my property is in the Manastash. All right. Well, why don't you tell us how to do that? Uh, in other words, what specific photograph are we looking at? There well, should be a number or something. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't have that uh, handy, but if you if you found Ellensburg, yes, and you zoomed out. So right. the picture got smaller. Right. You will see where my property is, and it's very easy to see where it is. And in uh, what, what, how would we identify it? Because it has been expunged. What do you mean? Those pictures do not appear on the satellite server, the ones taken in June of 2000. Well, instead, where your property ought to be, what do we see? Two white squares. Are you serious? Absolutely. You go to Terror Server. That's provided by Microsoft. They're not going to give any URLs. No, a lot of people know how to do it. And and look up Ellensburg. Right. Zoom out. Right. So you get a, and then you will see over where the Manastash Ridge is. Yes. My property blanked out. Actually, quite a bit. There's quite a few. Uh, wow. So that is, you know, you, you don't have to go by what I say. Oh no no no! Listen, you, you uh, can, you one can of look my yourself. trust me when I tell you, one of my listeners, within the hour. I can guarantee we'll find the exact photograph you're talking about, yep. if it exists. Yep. Send me the URL yep. uh, and or send Keith the URL, and we'll get it up and take a look. And you cl you're claiming... It's not there. But, but it that, has been expunged. Well, expunge away they might, but that still would identify the exact location. Well, it, it still covers a lot of ground there. But where it is, and I assume that because this picture was taken in 2000... Okay, this I believe it was in June or something of 2000. Right. That there's been a lot of differences made in that area. And none of these... See, you get a really good picture on a terror server. Well, yeah, pretty you good. Could see, yeah. You could basically see a car on the road with the terror server. Yeah, yeah. That's from the satellite. So, That's I mean, right. you'd see a hole. You'd see outbuildings. You would, uh, all, right, all right, let's direct people again. Uh, let's say it again. Uh, so, listeners who want to go to Terra Server right now and help us out, tell, tell them where to go again. Uh, look up Ellensburg, Washington. Then? 
and then you just zoom out on the town until you see the black, uh, the, the white squares where my property would have been. And that would be exactly on the Manastash Ridge. All right, there's a good piece of evidence we can go hunting for. Just go there, but whoever controls the satellite and releasing it to uh, the terror server people decided not to let them have these pictures. Oh, isn't that something? Okay. So uh, I mean, every listener can do this. I mean, you know, I've had, you know, uh, pe- people want to, you know, want to go out there, and the only thing I tell them is, don't go there. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to you. I don't know what people will do to you. Going to uh, be nothing but grief of one sort or another. I mean, it's these guys to go to Area 51. You know, you know that people have made treks to find Mel's Hole. I, 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 right now, I tell you, look, you know, it's there. Don't go there. You don't have to go there. It's there. Uh, but don't don't go there on my account. I, I don't want to be responsible for anybody. Uh, anyway, so that that was. Some, you know, that's kind of like, you know, bringing, you know, bringing this into focus here, okay? It brings us uh, certainly up to date, yes. And, uh, you know, I, I, got a, I got a, had a couple of other interesting things. These things are kind of loose ends, but they're not loose ends. All right, you're going to have to hold on because uh, oh. we're at the top of the hour. And then we're going to shortly get to the next hole. Mel has a new, apparently, endless hole. I'm Art Bell. From the high desert, this is Coast to Coast AM. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now, you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny, and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet you're going to regret. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk radio. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222 or use the wild card line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks. Well, folks, for a short time, it would appear as though we brought the entire terrorist server down. However, enough of you went and looked, and we believe we found the frame in question. Keith has it posted right now. 
It covers an area, it says, five kilometers southwest of Ellensburg, Washington. And I'll be damned if there isn't a big white block missing from the center of this part of the Terra server in the Manatash area. I can never say that. The Manatash, Manatash. But anyway, the area that he was talking about, we've got the link up there on my site right now. Go to artbell.com. Go to program tonight's guest info. And you will see related link, Terra server image of Ellensburg, Washington. And there is a big missing area. Now, whether this is it or not, I don't know. We'll ask Mel in a moment, but it's on my website right now. Thank you. Sorry about that, Terra server. All right. Uh, we've got one Terra server image uh uh, which is uh, says it's covering in an area about five miles uh, southwest of Ellensburg, Washington. Uh, does that sound right? That's that's about the neck of the woods we're talking about. Well, in this neck of the woods, there is one great big white blotted out area where I presume uh, were I to be able to see it, and it does look like a very interesting area actually. Oh yeah. Uh, there would be Mel's Hole somewhere there, huh? Yeah, that that I think that blot. Yes. Over there covers like a four four mile by eight mile area. My goodness! But uh, what a blotch! Isn't that something? Yes, isn't it? My, my that... nephew told me about that, and uh, I said, "Well, you son of a gun!" You... Well, he's right. <laughs> We've got it up on the website right now. People can go take a look for themselves. So now we have uh, pinned down better than ever before hey. the area where Mel's hole actually is. Thank you, Mel. That was. Uh, that's damn good research. Uh, by, by the way, not too far from there on the uh, uh, highway that uh, goes to Yakima, I think it's 84 or 85. Yes. There's a rest stop. And I had a lot of reports from a lot of people that if they look towards the Manastash, they will see the black beam of light. They have seen it. I have had uh, truckers. I've had uh, people in town say... That's where I was. I was looking towards it, and I saw the flash of black light. Well, now, maybe my audience is not aware, but a television crew uh, went up to Ellensburg after we did the last program mm -hmm. and uh, researched this. And I'll be doggone, they didn't find the hole, but they did find uh, near the area where you were talking about a lot of military boot oh, prints oh, and... Yeah all kinds of uh, information that would in indicate the military, in fact, had been there or was there. Oh, they would have probably seen a lot of yellow gear tread marks in the, um, yep. on the ground. Yep, uh, yep, yep, yep. You name it, it was there. But uh, my, my nephew uh, coughed that little piece of information up for me, and uh, uh, I thought I'd pass that along to our listeners. Well, wait till people get a load of this. Uh, and, and they can ask, why is it that... That pretty innocuous. I mean, it, from from you know all intents and purposes, very there. There's not a military base right there. Well, who knows? Well, I mean, you know, I, you, you know what I'm saying. Not an obvious one. Very close to my property, <laughs> there was the Yakima firing range, this and I will incredible. tell you that they have expanded the area of the Yakima firing range and also expanded the uh, the fly zone over it. Uh huh. Correspondingly, <laughs> uh, isn't this also interesting? It, 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 it's just it's all it's all there. Well, all right. Earlier in the program, before you got on, Mel, uh, somebody fast blasted me, and I consider this a really good question. Okay. Um, it is, what are the odds of any single one person 
uh, finding two apparently bottomless or endless holes in one lifetime. The odds against that have got to be gazillions to one. But oh, then I, oh, oh yeah, in, in fact, so you don't even you don't you can't even consider odds. You know, that's, uh, that's right. So right. out of outlandish. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, one other thing before before we even get to that, uh, Richard Hoagland called uh, at the top of the hour. Oh. And said, you know what, Art, you're right. Normal time travel could not explain what he just talked about, but there is one thing that could. And that is? A parallel universe. Hmm. That is to say, a universe in which similar things occurred, but uh, with very different outcomes. And uh, a lot of our best scientific minds now, Mel are saying that, uh, indeed, that uh, that could w very well be the case. Uh, you know, there could be a universe in which the Nazis won the war. And so there could be a universe in which the dime that you w came to be in possession of on that so property... So the B on it might have stood for Berlin. There you go. Oh, my God, Berlin. <laughs> B, I forgot about that. Um, all right, uh, listen. Uh, anyway. So, I, so, uh, so there there we are, and... and uh, the only, the only thing, a few things I will add to this, uh, just to, to get us current, okay? Yes, yes. Is that I had reports from uh, some of my trucker buddies. One said he delivered a huge quantity of fiber optic cable. Really? To a warehouse in Ellensburg. Now, okay, I don't know. We're talking a huge quantity of uh, to a warehouse. Now, let's see what might they want to do with fiber optics. But he told me that all the guys that were there that were in, in the office there and the, at the warehouse where he had unloaded this stuff, they were all Israelis. What? They were all Israelis. Now, it's really going to tick me off if the Israelis have our hole. Well, this is what he told me. I mean, that is our hole. It's a U.S. hole. It's on... Our, our land here. That's right. But he said that the people that took delivery of that... Were Israelis. Now, mm. I talked with another trucker. I love the truckers. The truckers are... I can tell. I love them. They're good guys, I know. Oh, they're the best in the world. They are. They actually are. Delivered, apparently to the same warehouse, a number of crated instruments, large crated instruments mm. from... Lawrence Livermore Laboratory. Oh, gee. California ended up in a warehouse facility in Ellensburg. So that's pretty Ooh. much where I am with Ellensburg. I told you about the coin. I told you about the, the deliveries. Yes. Pretty much up to date. Now it suddenly brings a whole belt buckle thing down in San Fran into focus. My God, that's incredible now. Uh, that, 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 that's, that's incredible. I mean... You know, it's funny, Art. You look at some things, and you don't put two into it. You say it's a dime. I mean, I told you about it. It's a 1943 Roosevelt dime. Yeah. What the heck? That's a dime. What, what, what are you, you know, going boohoo about your dime? Until you realize well, it all was alive. It then. finally all drove it home to me. All right. Well, all right. Again, that was that was me, too. I, 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 I had these things in my hand. I did little soldering around them and stuff. I mean, I, sure. you know... So don't feel bad. All right, now now let uh, in view of time here. Okay, uh, let, let's 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 move this forward. I'll, yeah, I'll, let, I'll, let's. Uh, you uh, connected obviously because uh, I guess of the plants that you grow, the herbs yeah. and all the rest of it with Native Americans, right? Yeah, yeah I, and and uh, all I'm going to tell you about them. I don't want to give the name of the tribe because I don't want a bunch of people running down to meet there 
Uh, these are very poor people, as you know, a lot of the Indians on the reservation are very poor people. Now, this is in Nevada, right? In Nevada. Okay. okay. Here in my state. Uh, and uh, there are uh, tribes uh, up there uh, that... Well, because of, of the kind of work you did, uh, the metallic work you did in belt buckles and the herbs you grow, I can easily understand the connection you would have with... Uh, some Native Americans. So you, you connected with these Native Americans. Well, they connected with me. They, they actually contacted me through oh. email Oh. And, and said, look, would you be interested in coming down and discussing with us, you know, what you're doing, the research that you're doing, and, you know, talk about, you know, I, I have no, believe me, Art, I have no commercial interest in this at all, but they do. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Fine. Um, you know, there's not going to be a patented bottle of Mel's magic elixir here okay <laughs> okay fine this is this is their thing but we you know we swap notes we talked around a lot and there are some specific uh, they knew who you were because of my program because and of the show yeah. coverage and yeah okay um and, and uh so i i went down there and this was in early september of uh last year oh okay so this this was actually before 9-11 right Okay, but uh, shortly before that. Early, uh, early uh, September. I was uh, pretty much incommunicado, basically, during that whole time, and strangely enough, so a lot of this stuff is news to me. All right. Uh, so, you know, we're over there, and, um, you know, they, they had done a lot of good work. They had cataloged a lot of plants. You know, we talked plants. I'm sure all this plant stuff is boring. And I asked them if they knew. Uh, uh, and, and I told them, my, I said, the plants that seemed to work the best were the plants that I had been growing on my property, and I described to them which ones they were. And uh, uh, this was the hole near Washington, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And 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 and, uh, and so obviously you unraveled the story of the hole to them. Well, well, they they were they were aware they, they, they were all right thing too. All right. And so uh, I says, can you in your gathering and in your research and your studies have you found this specific variety? And I said because this was the variety that grew by the property. And that's where I ended up at the second hall, is because they took me directly to, not for the hole in particular. Well, then it's obvious to me that they knew your reputation. Right. They knew uh, the whole story of the hole, and the real motivation for inviting you down there, aside from the herbs and the rest of it, was that they had a hole of their own. Well, the, the hole itself, and we're going to get into the whole, I guess, deeply, for lack of a better term. But uh, um, Now you're guilty. I'm sorry, Art. Uh, uh, but basically, the hole is not on their property. Okay. I mean, you know, basically, their connection, you know, to get from the reservation or where the Indians are to the, uh, the hole is they know but where it is. But you're telling me this hole is in my state? In the state of Nevada. In the state of, oh, my God. Okay, and uh, if you looked at the picture of uh, uh, of where the Manastash is in Washington, and right. try to find similar pictures in Nevada, you probably find it there too. We have very similar looking terrain. To it be really sure. is. That's why I love. That's why I love. I love the high desert. That's my my kind of land. Uh, so anyway, so I'm up there, and this land is used by members of the Basque B A S Q U E community. All right. The Basque are, I don't, the Basque are interesting people, and they basically came out to uh, uh, your state and a couple of other states, basically for uh, raising sheep, of all things. Okay. 
And so they are shepherds, and so I am introduced to the what is now the second hole. All right. Tell me about this. I mean, they took you to it. They took me there. I was, I was not, I did not go all the way up to the hole, but there was conversations between uh, uh, the Native Americans and the Basque and the blah, 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 and they basically uh, uh, agreed that, you know, everything was as it should be, that I wasn't, you know, from CNN or the FBI or the CIA or right, whatever. Right, right. Uh, and so I went there, and uh, uh, I got to see the hole. Now, all right. What's there? What it is, is that if you, you know, walking up to it, uh, and, and first of all, this is in a fairly pristine area, okay, so there's like uh, uh, no real signs of civilization around there. There's no uh, no roads leading into it. There's no uh, 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 telephone wires, nothing like that. I mean, we're, we're talking pristine area. Right. No, uh, no signs of, except for their habitation, no signs of habitation. Gotcha. Okay, you're walking up to it, and what you see sticking out of the ground is uh, a nine... Well, the hole itself is the same dimension as the one in Ellsberg. It's wow. Wide. Nine feet nine, in diameter? Nine feet in diameter. This one had a metal collar around it. A metal collar? Metal. Solid metal collar. That rose from uh, how... Two feet high and about two feet deep. Metal collar, and it had some notches in it that you could look like... In my estimation, you could mate something with it, you know, to lock it in place. And it could possibly have been like a locking collar. You mean it. something was, uh, it looked, in other words, it looked like something intended to lock to it from above? Exactly. Something would be lowered onto it and wow. locked into place. Okay. But the, the Basque tell me that this property or this hole here has been there for all of their experience, and they have been there since the 1800s just the way it is, but the same hole. On not their land. They don't own this land, Art. This is probably government, U.S. government land. Well, the majority of land here in Nevada is BLM. Well, exactly. Bureau of Land Management. It's, uh, not, so. it's not, they don't own it, they use the land. You know, they, they graze sheep, blah, 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 blah that sort of thing. They and do. how long have they known of this hole, do you know? Well, uh, again... Uh, one fellow I know says he, he knew this from when he was a young man, and he was well into his late 80s. And so he, he, he knew it from probably for the last 70 years. All right. Because of what you did, we know a lot, at, at least quite a bit, about your hole up in, uh, near Ellensburg. But yes. this hole, what do we know about this hole other than its diameter? It's the diameter, and apparently it is lined with that same metal as far as you can see. You're, well, you're kidding. It is it is solidly lined as far as you can see. So this is not a natural hole by any stretch. There's there's nothing natural about this hole at all. Nothing. Can you all. tell what kind of metal it is? No, but I'll tell you one thing and it was kind of a kind of an accident. But I dropped the box wrench on it. Right. Uh, you know, on the ledge? Yes. Made no noise. No, no noise. No noise whatsoever. You know, you drop a box wrench on a metal floor. Clank. Clank. Nothing. You know, we repeat the experiment. Blank. Nothing, 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 nothing. It makes no... You could pound on that thing with a sledgehammer, and it won't make noise. Okay? Oh, Mel. This is what I'm telling you about right now, is that this one here is so different from the one that I had in Ellensburg. Like, totally different. Uh, mostly because of this metal uh, around it. But well, when you, when you touch the metal, does it feel metallic? Is it cold as metal? Oh, would... 
this this <laughs> wow this, this is interesting because a lot a lot of the uh uh uh, the, uh, uh, the the fellows that, that are there, and there was there was five of us that you know towards the end of it, and started with two, and we ended up with five. But uh, what they say when they were up there, even in the winter time, they can they can like uh, put their uh, uh, tent and sleeping bag right up against it, keep them nice and warm. Warm. Yes, it keeps them nice and warm, but it is not hot. You know, it's not like you know like a fire hot. But the metal itself over there Ra radiates. Um, I, I, I don't even know how to describe it there. And, it, in other it, words, if you touch it with your hand, is it hot, or does it just no. produce radiant heat? That it, 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 there is heat around it, but it itself is not hot. How, how does uh, that? Sound? This is really weird, Mel. So they, they are, you know, that's what you know. That that's the thing there, and so uh, we have we have this, uh, you know, hole in there, and they, they again, from my understanding. They have known about that hole up there. It's uh, for uh, it, it has been known since the 1800s. It has been known exactly the way it is. Uh, I can tell you that uh, some of the people that I talked with uh, uh, towards the end of uh, everything on my way back uh, said it was a spiritual site for them up there. Uh, I asked the uh, the uh, native spiritual site. All right, hold it right there, Mel. Good cliffhanger point, so to speak. Sorry about that. Mel Waters is my guest, and we're beginning to hear about a second hole, oh my goodness, right here in Nevada. The wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. And to call out on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nod. All right, uh, Mel has confirmed one thing for us. Uh, we found the image on the Terra server that Mel refers to that has a big white square exactly where Mel's hole would be in Washington. Now, uh, Mel is connected with Native Americans here in my state in Nevada and the Basques, and they've led him to this second well covered with metal. It's got a, a metal collar all the way around it, and get this, folks, going all the way down inside the well, the metal continues for as, as far as the eye can see or as they have been able to thus far detect more in a moment. 
Uh, coming up on Thursday, by the way, I've got Jan, Jan Lumbert here, who's uh, an advocate of the hollow earth theory. And that may in some way relate to what we're talking about tonight. I have no idea. We'll find out. In the meantime, Mel, so you, you've got this metal around the hole, uh, about, uh, you said, a foot or two high. Two, two feet high. Two, two feet, feet high. high. And two feet wide. And the hole is nine feet in diameter. And as far as you can see, the metal continues down. This is no geographic uh, hole. This is no volcano vent. Or if it is, it's been modified by somebody. Well, if it's been modified, it's been modified um, I'm going to say long before the technology that we know of today. To do it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like there was something that should be latching to this okay. hole from above. Uh, so, so it, 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 the, I'm going to call the thing on top of collar, okay? And that, that's, that's, that's We'll call like, it the collar, alright. And, and it looked like there was notches in it, and it looked like you could lock something into place or line something up in it. Gotcha. It didn't move. I mean, the whole thing was solid. It's solid metal. But there are places where there are notches in it, and something is meant to orient, uh, in my opinion. Okay. All right. What did the, uh, the Basques or the uh, Native Americans tell you about what they knew of the depth of this hole? In other words, I'm sure they've thrown things into oh. it or oh. have experimented with trying to find out how deep it is or something, right? Well, I, actually, they didn't, they didn't do anything with lowering uh, uh, line or anything to it, but they, they did relate to me the same phenomenons as... Uh, uh, that I had described uh, one uh, the fear of animals going by it. Uh-huh. Uh, their dogs won't do it. Nothing. They they have nothing to do with it. There. Uh, they too have spoken of the black uh, beam. Uh, they've spoken of that. Uh, um, what kind of? What do you mean black beam? Uh, uh, from time to time, it, uh, black beam. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this this is a contradiction, but a black beam of light, okay, comes from the hole. It lasts for a very short time, but it, it just goes directly up into the sky. And and when you look at it, it looks like a black beam. In other words, as opposed to if a lighted it, sky. If you had a flashlight and it, and, and it was capable of throwing off a black, not, not a black light like we used to have back in the 60s, you know, with all that stuff, but black, <laughs> solid black. Yeah, uh, gotcha. Uh, that, 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 that's what... It, 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 there's no way to describe it. There's no... Uh, uh, I, I am one of the few people that I, I've had other people tell me about it. I have never personally witnessed the black beam. You did perform some experiments on this hole, didn't you? Okay, let, let, let me let me talk about the first one. And 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 I'm not I'm not a scientist. I'm you know I'm kind of a researcher. But the first the first thing that we did is we had uh, a whole bunch of uh, uh, Safeway or. Uh, 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 7-Eleven bags of ice. Uh-huh. You know, the kind that you buy, you know, and we had a couple bags of that. So we had put one in a bucket on the surface, and we lowered another bucket of ice into the uh, hole, 1,500 oh. feet. 1,500 feet? Yeah, we, we had access to a nice winch and about that much. We only had 1,500 feet of line, and that's what we... What was the idea of lowering ice into it? Well, well, first of all, the, you know, the, my, my curiosity was is that I wanted to know... It was was it hot or cold down there? Okay. So we basically waited for the ice to melt about halfway on the surface, and we would 
hoist up the. Uh, I see. So uh, your ice, your you had test ice on the surface. Yeah. To see so how that is moving. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. Of okay. uh, you know your 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 garden variety convenience store ice, you right. know, That you you buy anywhere and, and nothing magic about it or anything like right. that. Right. And so we lowered it down there. We waited for the ice to to melt uh, on the surface there, and it got about half melty, you know. So it was sitting in a bowl of uh, uh, in a in a bucket of water with a few bits of ice floating around. We brought it up. And the ice in the bucket did not melt. It didn't melt. It was not melted. So we said, I mean, this was on the... Now, wait a minute. Now, um, the hole had been radiating, uh, in some strange way, Mm -hmm. heat enough that people would camp by it. Yeah, they they did that in the wintertime. But it doesn't melt ice? It didn't melt the ice. It came up there. It was... We looked in the bucket. We had ice cubes in there. Did anything come back up with the uh, with the ice cubes? We we we, we had ice cubes. You know, I reach in the bucket at ice cube. I pick one up there. So in other words, nothing else. Dirt, water, anything else. No, nothing it, else. The, the stuff the, the stuff appeared pretty much the way we had sent it down, uh, with, with the exception of when I put my hand in the ice. The ice wasn't cold. Felt like ice. What? Wasn't cold. This is what I'm saying. It wasn't cold. You, know, you you pick up a piece of ice you put it in your hand. It's cold. It melts, and and it's cold. In fact, it makes you cold by melting. That's that's how cold works. Right. Well, it 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 didn't. It wasn't cold, and in the hand, it didn't melt. So then, it, now they're more like blocks of glass. Yeah, I, I would say so. But we said, oh, okay. What we'll do here is we we'll take this bucket and we'll stick it on the fire. And we had a little place to cook there. Stick the the. Uh, the bucket with the unmelted ice? Unmelted you ice. You put on a fire? We put it on, like, our cooking fire there. Okay. We had a little table and cooking area and stuff over there. and uh, uh, So we put it on there, and the ice catches fire. What? The cubes catch fire. And and and, and I guess maybe uh, catching fire might be the wrong, wrong word. That the, <laughs> the ice, we, we, we took it off the fire right away. And so we set it on the on the dirt, and the stuff in the bucket was still burning. And again, burning might not be the right thing. It was given off heat. And was it, was, it given, was there a flame? It was not so much a flame as a kind of a. a ooh, oh, oh! Have you ever used a gas stove? Sure. Okay. It was like the barest turning a, a gas stove on. It was like it was glowing like that last flicker before you turn it off completely. That's what it was like around all the cubes. And you could you could knock the cubes around and separate them and each one of them, you know, would, would do, exhibit the same properties. Holy smokes. I, I, I will tell you that this bucket, well, some of the bucket there is still sitting there, as far as I know today, still doing what it was doing the day we put it into the ground and brought it up. So, so this this was September, and this is January now. That's how long it's been doing what I what I call burning. Uh, um, what one guy took some of the stuff home. He put it in his wood stove, and you know he's got a cabin out there, and you know it, it gets damn cold where he is, and the thing has been keeping his place warm. Yeah, northern Nevada is very cold. Oh, it, it, uh, it, uh, uh, well, so so. This is like giving off eternal heat. I, I, I you know, 
right or, again. Or when it's, it, if I'm getting, I'm not sure I've got this right. It, 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 is, it is, makes, it, look. It was neutral. When it came out of the well, it was neutral. neutral. In other words, we you, put it on the fire, and it appeared, again, my, my terminology, this is very bad because... It, it acted like a fuel. It, 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 looked, it will look like, if, if I understand combustion... It was like it was doing combustion in a different way than, than we, we would attribute combustion to mixing air with fuel and creating heat and, and flame. It was, but it was doing kind of the same thing, is what I'd like to say. And uh, it's been burning like that since, again, burning is the wrong word, but that's all I got for it. I don't know how to describe this process since early September. Hi. And again, hi. a guy has, he took about... Uh, a coffee can's worth of this stuff and put it, took it home and put it in his wood stove in his cabin. You know, no wood in there. Yes. And the thing has been going since then. Now, we have tried this experiment of just the lowering of the bucket because we figured we could, boy, we'd like to have a lot of this stuff here. Oh, of course. You know, so, and sometimes we would go down there and we would get nothing. Sometimes we would get melted. Sometimes, you know, uh, not melted, but real ice. But every so often, this process duplicates itself. So we come up with the same thing. But it isn't like, you know, every time you, you throw, you know, you, you, you lower a bucket of stuff there that... Uh, that it's going to happen every time. It doesn't happen every single time. A quarter of the time? An eighth of the time? Oh, um, I'd say one out of three times. One out of three. One, one out of three. And, and I, don't, I don't know... If it is, was the amount of time down do, do there, do you possess any of this yourself? I, I took nothing with me, Art. I, I uh, would not. Uh, uh, what, what is the word? I, you know, th this is theirs for now. Um, to say for now, okay. What about noise? Did it, 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 at any point did it make any noise? No, we 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 never we during this this process that we went through, uh, it made no noise at all. It made no noise, and we did not notice anything from the surface, anything particularly unusual, okay, at all. I mean, there was, you know, it was just, but... Were there any markings on this metal uh, that were discernible? In other words, anything uh, marked or scratched in English or any other language well, we we went we went we went at it with a, a a hacksaw blade you couldn't you couldn't hacksaw it you couldn't even dent it no no it, the, the metal the metal itself from what i i can determine and and, and, and I, I mean normally if you have a metal thing that's hollow you could tap on it and you would hear that it's hollow right but with this thing here you know if you're beating on it with a you know like a, a tire iron no it doesn't noise. make any noise it doesn't it, that doesn't give you a gauge as to whether it's hollow or not. So it was absorbing, probably, all noise. I mean, there would have... Maybe just sucking it up. Maybe it radiated into the ground. I have no idea. That's not my area of expertise. All I know is what I, what I could see with my own eyes. And hopefully, uh, by the end of tonight, maybe somebody will have some... Answer? Yes. What, what did the locals believe about this hole well well i mean you literally just got back from nevada what tonight or yesterday oh, no, or this was, last, week. last I, week i got home the night that you did the show uh as the replay that, that's right you told me okay and, and uh, so it was it was one of those uh you know it's probably richard hoagland say one of those synchronous moments there where 
whoo, you know, I mean, I'm talking to this guy, and he's talking to talking to Mel Waters, you know, uh-huh. and, yes. and, and, and the truck. And, he, and, and then I hear myself, and, then, and it's like, hey. It, I mean, so it was, it was just too much, and so I had, to, I had to get in touch with you. Okay, well, again, what did these... Uh, locals, what was the lore uh, that they told you about the whole? What did well, they well, again, one, one, of, one, of, one of the old, older Basque uh, men that I talked to, and this, this was practically as I was heading out of town, uh, he told me that was a very, uh, uh, to him, he felt it was a very spiritual place, but he, he knew that the thing from his youth, that it was there exactly the way it is, and he was in his late 80s, so I'm assuming he's known it for 70 years. So he's known it at least from the 30s, and from what he tells me, it's been there as long as the Basque had been in that in that part of the country, and that goes well into the 1800s. It has existed like that. Uh, uh, the, to, to be honest, the, the uh, Native Americans that I talked to were aware of it, but they did not want to deal with it. Uh, uh, they They did not want to... Oh, interact interact with it is that a good word? Uh, all, all all they would do is pick some of the uh, uh, the various plants that I needed that were in the general vicinity of it because I wanted very specific ones that I had recommended and they knew of them. All right, uh, are they now growing some of these plants in the vicinity of this whole? Well, or some work? of those plants are there. They they appear to be uh, indigenous to the area, so uh, they did harvest some. You know, uh, uh, early on in the season there. So then again, you saw similar vegetation around this hole to the one in Washington. Well, that, that's what that's why I asked them for. Uh, gotcha. You know, if they knew, you know, I described to them what it was, you know, and the shape of the things and you know the size of the various. And, and they said, "Oh yeah, we 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 know of that there." But in terms of why why why, uh, why the entree, I assume that the um, the Native Americans knew about this all along there. And I assume that they must have had some conversation with the Basque there that, you know, would this be okay? Are you interested in this guy? Blah, whatever. And apparently there was no objection. So I have access to this property. Well. But I want to respect my access, okay? What about an experiment, Mel, similar to the one you did in Washington, uh, lowering some sort of line or better yet some sort of camera on the end of a line or uh, we 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 didn't we didn't do that uh, between between the Damascus and the uh, the native americans and me we, we you know we don't have you know too many nickels to rub together but uh uh i will tell you what we did do what one, one of the basque uh, uh uh kind of a wise uh wise acres <laughs> he wanted to lower some uh uh, marijuana into the hole and see if it would improve its uh, smokability. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, you so know, then it would be a pothole, right? Well, I guess I guess, I guess it, could, it could be that that I hadn't thought of it that way, but uh, uh, he wanted to do that, and one guy wanted to be lowered into the hole himself. Ah, uh, well, now you see, in the hour preceding your, I heard that. Oh, did you? Uh, two I people who that. would actually like to be lowered into such a hole. Now I know that you believed. Uh, in the powers of the whole in Washington to the degree that in the original agreement, now voided, I suppose, you were to be, upon your death, uh, buried by being dropped into the hole, right? How I wanted my remains to be dealt with, yes. Now, that apparently is not going to happen because of subsequent uh, events. Oh, I've, I've got another place to go now.
Would you really want? Nevada. Yes. Would you really want to be? Uh, I suppose when I'm some, gone, with some ceremony, dropped into the hole. Hey, you know, just uh, give me a decent. I don't know what it is when you put someone in a hole. Is that interned or? Uh, I don't know what you'd call that. I, I don't know either. But one one of these guys wanted to go into, you know, literally, he wanted to be lowered into the hole. Uh, he wanted to, you know, be put in a a gondola or something and lowered, you know, from the winch into the uh, the hole and and go down as far as we had line, which again was fifteen hundred feet. Um, I can assure you, Mel, uh, we could get sponsors for you who would uh, get you all the line you need. Hey, look, we, we talked them out of going into the hole because we said, look, see what it did to the ice? That's a good point. It says, we, we, we sent a bucket of ice down into this hole, and it's sitting up there on the surface burning. I mean, what are you made out of mostly? Water. Water. What's going to happen to to a human being down there? What, what properties are uh, going on over there? Uh, yeah, they had, uh, you, know, you know, but I mean, I mean the, the Basque are, uh, as, as a race, are fearless. When the Moors invaded Spain, they refused to go into Basque country. Well, okay, was, what did this man say his motivation was for wanting to go into the hole? I mean, obviously... He, 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 he was just a young, headstrong... Uh, you know, you know, in, in his probably late twenties, early thirties, fellow that wanted to go into it. He said, "This is going to be a great adventure. I want to go in here. I want to see what's going on." Uh, but he wasn't thinking with his brain. Well, there are obviously a lot of people like that, Mel, because I had two of them in the first hour of the program, and they said they would love to be lowered into such a hole. Well, and well, this one, if anything, this one sounds more attractive. Well, we well, we uh, we determined to do, and and I'm ashamed to admit it. Oh is that we decided to lower a sheep. Really? To the hole. Really? A living sheep. You did? Into the hole. We we had uh, a crate, you know, the sheep could fit into that we could attach the cables to. And we're going to take the sheep, stick them, you know, stick them in the crate, and then lower them down, you know, to the 1,500-foot level, because that's all we had. Like the ice. Yeah, that, that that that's that's all we had, you know. I mean, you know, we, we we you know we we had enough line basically to go that far, and it was stout enough to handle, you know. Uh, I you know I, I'm not, not no sheep guy, but I you know I could pick up a sheep, so it must weigh about 120, 150 pounds. Yeah. Well, so I guess about the size of a small human, wouldn't you say? I would what, 150 pounds. You yeah, said? for sheep. Yeah, I would say that's about size. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm no sheep expert, but you know, if I had to say, how much does that sheep look like? Away, about 150, 125 pounds. Anyway, are you telling this. me you did this? I'm you, telling you that we. Uh, well, you, first. All right, all right. I tell you what. Don't oh. say a word. Uh, good place to hang everybody up. Be sure they're here next hour. Did he really lower a sheep? 1,500 feet into the endless hole.
take a ride? Call Art Bell from west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies at 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at area code 775-727-1222. Or call the wild card line at 775-727-1295. To talk with Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. It is. Mondays can be pretty strange. Tuesdays, obviously, as well. And Wednesday mornings early, definitely. My guest is Mel Waters of Mel's Hole fame. And now we've got a new hole. And this one's really something. And something about a sheep coming up in a moment. Just about to get back to Mel Waters, uh, and he had brought up the subject of a sheep, which apparently uh, they were considering lowering 1,500 feet into the hole. Now, we were having fun last week with Mel's hole, talking about it a little bit. We knew he was going to be on. And somebody said, well, why not toss a cat down Mel's hole and see what happens? Now, of course, you know, I'm a cat lover, and, and so this is not cruelty, because nobody is seriously suggesting tossing a cat down Mel's hole, but some very creative person with a sound blaster and some talent and a little manipulation created what it would sound like if a cat were to be tossed into Mel's hole. It's uh, meant, uh, obviously, as pure comedy. This is not actually a cat being tossed into Mel's hole, but here is the way he represented it would sound. <laughs> it's the second one that gets me. Not the first one. The first one is pretty good. As you hear the, uh, uh, the, 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 the sort of the, the echo of the cat disappearing down the hole. It's the second little one. There he goes. <laughs> that was what somebody thought it would sound like, Mel. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, so... Uh, you decided that you would lower a sheep 1,500 feet down as low as the ice had gone into the hole. Well, we, we, had, uh, we had decided that we were going to take the sheep and put them in a crate and lower them into the hole. We led the sheep to the hole, and it just started freaking out. I mean, you know, we didn't make... Like every other animal. Yeah, it, but I mean, it was like totally... Totally. Not happy. It was not happy, and and I, you know, I have a lot of respect for animals, and and um, it, it's a, it's amazing what animals uh, really know um, and what they send. Well, you're right about that. And so, if it was uh, terrified, of... it was terrified. So that, uh, the bass got the sheep uh, away from the hole, and, and and again, a lot of what I'm going to say now, uh, I am uh, thoroughly ashamed of. Uh, and, and uh, that's all right. Just give us the raw, the raw he, truth. He basically uh, stunned uh, the sheep by knocking it between the eyes. Mm. Got into the crate. Uh, you know, got the uh, uh, cable and line hooked up to it, so you know it was all securely attached. And uh, right, just about when we got to the hole, the the. the sheep just started making horrible noises 
So he stunned it, but he didn't kill the sheep, okay? He just knocked it out. Yeah. So it was live when he went in the box, and then it stirred when it got to the hole. Yeah. Anyway, we it was just making the worst god-awful noise as we were getting it about ready to let it go into the hole. Yeah. And, uh, Even though it had been hit in the head? It stirred by the time uh, we we got it crated up into the crate. There was oh enough room for it to God. lie down, and I guess if it wanted to, it could stand up. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, again, this is not this is not pleasant to talk about, but uh, uh, we, we take, take the sheep, uh, and it's screaming, and just the most piercing, horrible, ghastly noises coming out of this crate. Mm-hmm. Until we get it right over where we're going to let it into the hole, and then everything just stops dead silent. Yeah. There's not a sound coming out of that box. Yeah. There's movement coming out of the box. You can still tell. But no sound. Th- there's no sound anymore. Well, there's no. something about this hole in sound, isn't there? Uh, I, gu- I, 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 I guess we, we, we will make that assumption. And uh, so we started winching this sheep down into the hole, and... Uh, you can feel from the line as we're lowering it, the thing is struggling, uh, fighting. I don't know if it's screaming down there, but we're not hearing yeah. this thing screaming. And uh, I think we got about halfway down into the hole, and uh, it was about to say 700 feet. And then the uh, any any movement that might have been coming from the uh, crate, we couldn't uh, couldn't feel it anymore. No, yeah. no, we couldn't feel. Anything, so I, I don't know at 700 feet or so, about half the line, what what happened over there. When we got to uh, at, at this point here, the, the original experiment with the ice, you know, we were kind of nonchalant about it. You know, we just kind of lowered it down there. Well, with with this one here, we were all gathered around the top of the hole there, looking in, seeing Probably what's going very, on. Very apprehensive. You know, this this is uh, you know this this is kind of a serious business here. When we hit the bottom, we we felt uh, up up there. We felt like a vibration on the count the, on the on the collar at a point in time when it was down there, and it, it, it it's kind of hard to describe. Well, what do you mean when you hit the bottom? When, when we hit the bottom of the rope, the oh. the, the cable line uh, assembly that we had. We, you it, mean it, when it was all the way played yeah, out? When yeah, when we got there, we felt and and it vibrated, or we it felt like a vibration and sort of like a. A staticky electricity type kind of feeling. Does that, that make sense? Yes. That that we could feel up there. Yeah. And so we we got it down to uh, you know fifteen hundred feet, and and we left it there for about a half an hour. Mm. Uh, and then we decided to uh, you know bring it back up. Right. Sure. So we, you know, we're hoisting this thing up here, cranking away, getting this thing up on there, and it's it's kind of it's kind of a job. So uh, you know, we finally get up to the surface, and we uh, we got the the box out of there, and you know, the one thing we notice is there isn't any movement in the box. Okay, no, There's no box. Mm-hmm. We get the box there, and uh, but the box from the outside looked pretty pretty uh, pretty normal. You know, it didn't look like some weird transformation that occurred or anything. Right. Well, I wanted to describe to you how... how we're going to tell you about the, the ice that came up that, that didn't melt. Right. What it felt like. You, you get a lot of electronic equipment, and you get those uh, do-not-eat packets. Oh, yes. The, the desiccant. Yes. You ever take the desiccant out of the packet? No, never. Oh. 
Well, if you take it out there and you feel the desiccant between your fingers, that's kind of what it felt like. That's the best thing I could describe it at. I had that sort of... You try it someday. and you'll, right. you'll, uh Yeah, I've uh, always just thrown those away. Oh, well, you don't eat them, obviously. No, no, no. Okay, so we... I, 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 I just struck me there that you know I'm trying to you know trying to describe this thing in the detail that I can and so I, I just led back to the uh, the desiccant. Uh, but we open up the crate and the sheep is dead. It looks like a sheep. Okay, it looks like a normal sheep over right. there. And uh, and it's it, dead. It's dead. There, there's no there's no sign of life. You know you poke at it. There's nothing uh, nothing going on with this this sheep here. He's dead. Uh, well, I'm saying here, but that's a generic he. And I don't, I don't know from sheep, okay? <laughs> you can show me a sheep, I can't tell what it is. Gotcha. Uh, me either. Okay. Uh, but uh, we take it out of the box, and the one of the Basque lays it on the table that we have over there, and he is going to dissect the sheep. Oh. Now, on, on the outside, the sheep look just fine. You know, it, that the hair, you know, that the wool, whatever a sheep has, looks fine. Look, look, look like... We said that the sheep looked like how he looked when we sent him into the hole. Minus a bump on the head, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and he stirred from that. But he started cutting into the sheep, mm-hmm. and it looked like the sheep had been cooked. It was... The, the flesh was hot underneath, you know, when he started cutting cutting through the sheep here. It looked like the sheep had been cooked. Oh, my. Now, now, now these Basque guys, they're they are pretty good at butchering a sheep there, and they know their way around a sheep, and so they uh, pretty much uh, can butcher a... And, and they know what to expect when you open up a sheep. Right. You know, so, you know, we we, we got the sheep on this uh, uh, table that we, you know, just eat that, and, uh, uh, you know, this guy is cutting the sheep open here, and uh, uh, he, he gets it so he's... He can look inside and see the internal organs like he's going to eviscerate the sheep. Right. Except they're not what we expected. What do you mean? It looks like there was gel in the, the cavity there. And something that looked like this huge tumor. And uh. almost taking up the entire length of the uh, the body cavity. Oh, no. I mean, it was, it was pretty hideous. Oh, God. Uh, I didn't... I didn't uh, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting kind of sick. Uh, I get kind of sick thinking about this thing too. But I was getting kind of sick when I was there, so I was kind of, I wasn't as close to all of this as I wanted, you know, would want to be if I was a scientific observer. But there's this huge tumor taking up most of the where the internal organs would be, that the uh, so forth, uh, the heart, the lungs, whatever parts the sheep comes with. They weren't there. And what are these Basque guys who are doing this saying at this point? Well, well, well they're, they, you know, some of them are muttering plenty of expletives over here, uh-huh. and uh, you know, and they're, they're you know they're freaked out there. And uh, I, you know, I remember saying, hey, "See, I told you, you didn't want to go into that hole." You know, I that's, mean, that's right. And, I mean, and the two guys who volunteered my first hour are probably rethinking it right now too. And, and, well, if they want to collect on some uh, life insurance, fine, go for it. But, that's uh, what one of them said. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we we got we got this gel, and and the uh, guys guys good with a knife here, and he kind of is able to get the tumor out of this thing here. Yeah. And I say it's about as big as the sheep's cavity. I don't know, two feet. Long. In other words, the, the, the tumor was almost taking like up the, the entire inside of yeah. the... Oh, okay, so you got this tumor, and, and, and we could detect, we could see that the tumor had some movement to it. 
What? Yes. We had movement to it, and I don't mind, I'm going to describe it like a heart beating. Oh. There's not a beating of a heart. Oh. Just like a pulsing from this tumor. A pulsing tumor. Oh, okay. my God, Mel. So we, we get to the point where we got this tumor out there, and, uh, you know, we got, he's working on, on trying to cut it open. It's like really a tough uh, uh, thing to cut into, but he was finally able to get into it. Yeah. And, uh, boy, I'm going to tell you here, he opens it up there, and inside this tumor is what it appeared to be a fetal seal. Like, you know, like... A fetal a, a what? Seal, like a, 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 a pinniped, a, a, a thing that lives in the ocean that yes. balances balls on his nose. Yes. It's about... 18 inches long. You know, it's got the flippers on it. And it looks like a little seal. Huh. You know, it looks just like your, your, basically your little seal. Except it had what, and, and I, I don't know, I don't want people to freak out, but it had what looked to me like human eyes. Ah. Uh. Like, like, you know, a human being. You know, yeah. I mean, you know what, like, cat eyes look like? Oh, yeah. You know what dog eyes look like? Oh, yeah. I don't know what seal eyes look like, but I know what human eyes look like. Sure you do. And this thing looks like it had human eyes. And the thing was alive, but it was connected to the tumor, like with this umbilical cord. Holy mackerel, Mel. And we could see the seal moving his eyes, and it was... And I'm calling it a seal, okay, but I have no idea what the heck this thing is, okay? I'm calling it a seal. But it's, it's opening its eyes, it's closing it, the flippers are moving, it's still in connected to its tumor there. Uh. And then we noticed, and I noticed, that it seemed to be studying us. It seemed to be looking at us. That, that was the feeling I got. It seemed to be regarding us while, while we were looking at it. And so that's the feeling I got off of the seal. And then... This thing separated from the tumor without our assistance. We were thought, well, maybe we will cut this thing free. Right there on the table. It did it right there, and it moved about a little on the table. Yeah. You know, so we're 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 all standing back at that point because this thing is loose. You know, I'll be way back. And uh, and you know, we're watching this seal, and again, it, it, that's the only way I could describe it because it looked like a seal to me. Human eyes. And and then I felt, uh, uh, well. I just felt I was in the presence of something extraordinary, something beyond extraordinary, something like I, I don't know. It, 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 I'm not a religious man, but I felt in that category of having a religious thing there. Where this was just such a stunning thing to witness. Well, something that far from our understanding would appear uh, to be magic or religion or whatever you want to call it. I'm sure. Yeah. So, what did the, what God's name happen to this thing? Well, we, we, we left it there, and it began to, you know, it just kind of looked at us there, and, uh, you know, uh, one of the Basques suggested we kill it, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just kind of club it, and unfortunately, and, uh, but, uh, you know... Uh, Is that what they did? No, basically cooler heads prevailed. The thing was moving around on a table, and it finally moved to the edge of the table. Yeah. It was kind of like struggling, but it got to the edge of the table. Yeah. And it looked like it was going to fall off. Right. So I go up. I go up to it at this point because I'm just like out of my head with I don't know what I'm in the in the presence of. And 
it looked directly at me when I got up to it, and it seemed, you know, it just seemed to have a contact with me. And I got this compelling feeling to pick it up and place it on the ground. And I did that. I took this thing and I put it on the ground by a table. Yeah. My hands were slimy from this the seal because it had like this goo that was not only in the cavity but also inside the tumor. And I'm just calling it a tumor because I have no vocabulary for this. Right. And I just moved my hands past past my face before I decided to wipe them off on on the rag at the table there. Right. And it smelled like ozone. Like ozone? ozone. Ozone. Of course I do, yes. That's what it smelled like when when I... Because I thought it would be some sort of weird, organic-y smell. Yeah. You know, some sort of, like, disgusting... You know, I I just thought it would smell disgusting. It smelled like ozone. Okay. So this thing is lying on, on the ground, and we're all looking at this thing here, and it's like looking at each of us in turn. In other words, intelligently. Yes. Yes. Uh, we, we, we must have been there just absolutely transfixed by this, I'll call it a creature now, for like two hours. Just we And were, what was it doing during those two hours? I mean, it, studying it, each one of us. It wasn't moving around that much? Just its head. Because we had gathered, a, 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 oh, this is cowardly, but a safe distance away from it, but not too safe, you know. So, so we, we could easily see it, and they could easily see us. Because at this point here, even the bravest bass were like, you know, kind of freaked out. <laughs> I, I, I'd have been long gone, Mel. Well, uh, I, again, the bass are great. All right, well, hold, no fear. hold it, hold it right oh. there, Mel. Uh, here is this thing on the ground now. Not moving around much, but carefully studying each and every one of them, who have by now retreated to a safe distance. We'll pick up when we get back. I'm Art Bell. Kingdom of Nye from west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. And the wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nye. Well, I knew that Mel had found another hole, but I didn't know anything about all of this. This is incredible. <laughs> Pretty freaky stuff. A number of questions from Mel. We'll try and get to the phones in this last half hour. Everybody stay right where you are. I'm Art Bell. This is Coast to Coast AM. Once again, Mel Waters. So here's this thing staring at each and every one of you, examining you, obviously intelligent in some way. And it looks like a seal, not like a a sheep at all. Um, Nothing like a sheep. Yeah. Uh, So that came out of this godforsaken tumor that was in this thing. Um, What did you 
what what happened? Well, you know, we, we got I got this this the seal, and he's you know he's kind of grinding, waddles around a little bit in the direction of the hole, and then he's just sort of is watching us some more, and we're sort of kind of at a safe distance, but we we kind of encroach upon a little bit there, and I'm telling I'm telling the Basque, hey, you're the big brave Basque here, you know, don't be afraid of this thing here. I'm just you know. You know, just an ordinary old guy here. Just uh, so you know, we 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 did. We we went up to it there, and it just looked at us here, and and the look that it was giving us was the only way I can describe it. It was like the most compassionate look that I'd ever seen from from any face. Mm-hmm. It just the the way the eyes were looking and and feeling this, and and so some amount of time elapsed and, and the, 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 the little, little seal there starts to waddle again towards the hole and I get this feeling that it wants to go up on, on, on the ledge on, the, on the, the collar Right. so I pick it up in my hands and I set it right right there on there and it, it moves around a little bit and then we're at this point we're pretty comfortable with this thing I am and my, my, my comrades there are, are pretty, pretty comfortable with it. I mean, we're not, like, freaked out anymore like we were. And maybe it's just, you know, the, we're over the shock, or maybe we are in shock. But that look that was giving us, it didn't didn't seem like an evil thing or a horrible thing. It seemed like... I'm sure you were in some state of shock. Yeah. So it, it's it's up there, and then... It moves around. I don't know how. Maybe an hour. He's on. The, uh, he. It. Is on the on ledge. The collar. It yeah. looks at us. It actually nodded at us. It, it made like a slow nod. They turned around and went back into the hole. At this point, we were close to it, so we watched him go all the way down as far as we could see. And we didn't have high-powered lights or anything, so it. it no, no sound, nothing like that. It just it, into the hole, and that was it. it. Into the hole, and so it, it, we we were all just just moved, just just drained. I, I'm drained telling you this, Art, because it, it is such a, uh, a, a an enormous thing to go through. You realize it? It's it sounds like an unbelievable uh, tale from Alien or something. I mean, it, it sounds well. I, I I don't know what it sounds like. You know, my 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 my. Uh, all, all I can do now it's is to, to relay it, yep. and then and then and then try to stand back from it. All right, question for you, Mel. Yeah. Uh, does anybody have any photographs of this hole? We we I I went up there from the natives to the hole. I basically camped at that property. Right. I didn't come and go. No one came and go. We had what we had over there. Uh, and so we we didn't bring photographs. I per, personally I I didn't want to you know I you know I thought thought to myself look this would be great we get this all on 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 film on on video whatever right, right. but I I did not want to encroach upon what they had you know and and if they came to me and said uh, look 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 Mel why don't we go go to town go home get our stuff you know and, and try to video you know fine I would I would have said that but I was not going to broach the subject with them you know I mean I I, I did you know I, I I mean to me it was an enormous privilege to go where I'd gone at that Understood. point are you likely to go back to the hole yes you're yeah. going to I will I uh, 
I, I will let you know that we, we at first we, we decided we thought we would bury the, the sheep's carcass and 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 the uh, uh, the tumor. Yeah. We still had that, and we and we we decided it was just best to take the whole thing and put them in, put everything back into the hole where it all came from. Yeah. So I just you know we just let it let it be. We had a, a tarp on the uh, we just dumped the whole everything back into the hole where it came from. I, I didn't know what else to do. We, we again we thought about burying it. And it just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't seem right that I, I thought it would, and so that's what we did. Uh, I, want, I want to tell you something that is, is I believe, related to, to this experience. All right. And that is prior to going to Nevada, and this was in late August, I was diagnosed with a particularly lethal form of esophageal cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. This was a six, you know, like the kind that does he have six months to live? But you know, they they're just telling you that, uh, you know, that there's, you know, like not nothing they can do about it. But it was very fast, fast, fast growing. And one of the reasons I came back here was to see the same doctor because I started feeling a lot better. And my last examination with the doctor finds me cancer-free. I can't explain it. Then you could document this, right? Because he had, the, yes, yes, he, because they had whatever stuff diagnosing uh, 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 the cancer. And I went back to the doctor, and they could find no evidence of any cancer. Is it your feeling that you're... Uh uh, proximity to the hole, um, or something about the hole changed this? I think it was, I think it was the seal. The seal? I think it was the seal. The seal? I, I, I describe this thing as this huge tumor. And that's what I had. But I described it as a tumor because that was the only vocabulary I had to describe it with. Gotcha. And I handled this, this, well, that's right, you did. And and, and I smelled the ozone fr from it, and, and it just, the look that it gave me, I, there was something going on. I didn't, I, I, and I can't say, look, I was communing with the seal, and I was, you know, had this conversation with this seal. No, I, I can't say that. But what I can say is that I had this feeling of such incredible compassion from this seal that, 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 ultimately went back into the uh, the hole. We, we just said, you know, that, that was it. And, and what was the conversation like after all this was over, Mel, uh, between the Basques and the Native Americans and yourself? Okay. And okay. Well, well, first of all, the Basques that I were with, they, they, were, they were young guys, okay? And, uh, you know, I, I think before this kind of your kind of shipless sort of characters, you know, partiers and, and mm. all of that. And they were, like, just profoundly moved. I mean, they were just, uh, had had stuff going on in their mind after that that, you know, they had been to another place, another time, another, anything. Their, their reality had been all changed. Now, I had the opportunity before I left Nevada to speak uh, right before I left, 
you know, I went went back in, in to civilization and spoke with a Basque elder. Yes. And this 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 was the elderly fellow that I was referring to that told me some of the history of that that he was in there, you know, for uh, you know he remembered it from being a young man and he described it to me and all of this stuff here. And uh, we we had a uh, just in a because his his thing was he he himself would go there to that area for spiritual connection that there was something very spiritual very primal that was going on he, he was a tough guy to to talk to in some ways because he, he was more schooled in Basque than he was in English but he got English out, out enough for me to uh, understand and so we we, we we talked actually a great length uh, about uh, the meaning of this um, we did have some of the uh, 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 the Native American people that I was uh, work with at that particular thing. This was kind of like a party sort of atmosphere out there. You know, we were drinking what they like to drink, and you know, and eating a good Basque food and all of that. And every, it was, you know, it was a good it was a good experience there to kind of uh, decompress from all of this. And so, uh, uh, but he could not relate to me any experience like what we had, except he knew. He almost expected what it was that I was telling him. I mean, he just totally, firmly, completely believed what it was that I was telling him. There was no surprise to him at all in in this thing here. I got this, like, you know, really old bass guy there, and he's he's just taking all this in stride and nodding, and, you know. So he knows there's something enormous, of of great enormity there, and uh, my, my goal is to... To go back, I'm, I'm, I have agreed uh, to work with the people I was working with, with, with the with the herbs, and 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 uh, uh, live amongst them and spend some time with uh, the, the tribal members and, uh, and and some time with the Basque and and, and 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 spend it. And are you going to do anything else with the whole itself? With with the one in Nevada? Yes. Well. I'm at this point. I don't know what we're going to. You know, I come back. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm overjoyed that I'm cancer free. Uh, I felt, I felt so good after that experience that I knew something happened to my body. So I uh, was glad to get back and and have it confirmed that the doctor said yes. Uh, but I, I do plan to go back. I do plan to study it. I, I, I hope to be a better human being uh, about this and not send innocent animals into it or, or, or what have you. I, that, that to me, I guess, I I, I still can't uh, believe that I allowed that to happen, but uh, I did, you know, and... and uh, well, I appreciate your telling the story straight out this way. Uh, that's the only way to do it. That's the, the only way to do it, and, 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 and you, you know, I, you, you know, I got to tell you, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not selling a book. Obviously, I, I I I don't have a newsletter. Right. There are no Mel's Hole T-shirts. Mel's Hole. Not that you uh, produced anyway. I think. Uh, well, nothing that I have done. There are no Mel's Hole diaper pails or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, I mean, to me, <laughs> Mel's Hole diaper pail. Who thought that one up? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know, they will commercialize everything in the world, and, yeah, and I true. have no part of this. This has been it, just an extraordinary ride for me, okay? It's been like 
nothing I could have ever imagined in anyone's life. To go where I've been, to be where I was, to go up, to go down, to be in the presence of such a an amazing thing. And 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 my my only goal is to leave a permanent record of what happened. Well, how closely are you willing to identify the location of this new home? Well, just northern Nevada is that? As I, I'm going. I'm going to put it there. I don't want. I don't want. Uh, uh, I, I don't want the uh, the the, peop, the tribal people up there to be overwhelmed by people, you know, rushing out of Reno to get up there and right, uh, right, which uh, they would uh, uh, and, and doing all of that. Uh, I am. I am going to go back. Do you think you could politely approach the Basque uh, and? Without identifying the specific area, get photographs. I, I, if I feel comfortable, I will. I will do that. I would. I will also at this point, and and I just have a little bit of what I have that happened in my Nevada experience left. But I, I know we're running out of time. Is that anyone that can help me understand some of these things? If they can send an email to me, I'd appreciate it. All right. Uh, you have an email address, right? Yeah. It's uh, Mel Waters. Right. At A-T-T-B-I. That's like ball igloo. B-I. A-T-T-B-I dot com. That's Mel Waters at A-T-T. That's Tom Tom. Right. B as in boy, I as in India. A-T-T-B-I dot com, right? Right, and... Mel Waters at A-T-T-B-I dot com. I, I what, what is it you want? I cannot promise, you know, like a whole, you know, like to maintain a dialogue with people, but... Well, what do you want? There are other people out there that have had any type of understanding of this that can make some sense to me, that knows what's going on. I'm going to listen with fascination to your program on the... Uh, uh, the hollow earth business? Yes. Because that's something I don't know about, but I sure like to know. Well, there may be a relationship, obviously. Uh, and, and so that, 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 that I'm going to look at. But, I mean, what do you want in email? Do you want some support? Oh, do you oh, want, yes. You're going to get media contacts? Well, you're well, gonna... I, what, what I really want is this, the people that have good, serious opinions about this. Uh, that 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 have that that understand some of this. That I, I described a lot of things that occurred. I don't understand any of them. I only described them. You know, I mean, going back to what I started with talking about Ellensburg and bringing it up to today. Yeah, I um, well, I so, get it. I'll so, put it so out. You want somebody who might understand right. all of this, and and that 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 you know may have been studying these types of matters that have had theories, whatever. That's good. But I'm going to be away from civilization for a good part of time, so it's going to be difficult because I'm going to be going back probably mid-March, mid-February, mid-March, somewhere in that timeline, and then I'm going to go up there for a period of time. I'll probably give you uh, uh, another contact when I get back to some sort of civilization, probably from Nevada, but I probably will get in touch with you again. Okay. Uh, by all means, Mel, please try and see if they will allow you, I mean, without identifying the area, just to get some kind just of... just want, like, a photo? Some kind of photographic evidence, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I'm, I'm going to be afraid that people are going to be scouring that terror server now that I get that out there. Well, like, they probably will. Uh, I want to I want to I, I bring 
the, the final thing, because we were talking about the, uh, uh, the, the, the Basque elder that I was talking to, and it was a very profound experience for me to talk with him. And uh, though he was not that much older than me, I felt that he was a great deal older than me. Wiser. Beyond beyond that. So I know uh, I can respect that. But we were sitting, you know, there and talking well into the night, drinking that good Basque uh, drink that they like to drink and all that good stuff. Yes. And he got tired and he was going to retire for the night. And he took my hand, you know, to, to clasp it. And in my hand, he put something in my hand when we were le- when he was leaving. Yes. And he closed my hand. Yes. And he, he just told me, put that away. So he, he said, put that away. So I just, I, you know, put it in my pocket and sat around talking with his family. And uh, someone said, aren't you going to look at what, you know, the great-great-grandfather gave you? Uh-huh. And I said, oh, okay. And so I take, take it out of my pocket, and it's a 1943 Roosevelt dime. They told me he had found a similar packet of Roosevelt dimes. Oh, my God. Up there in Nevada, Chinese red envelope. And they said, and I said to him, I said, you know how valuable this thing is? I said, you know what this would sell at a coin auction? They said, no, you have to have it. You need to have this. Do you have it now? I have it. It's in my hand as we speak. How about a photograph of that, Mel? If I can scan a 1943 dime, you will have it. Uh, or you got somebody who's got a really yeah. good quality uh, digital camera, go to the macro uh, setting and take a very close photograph close of it. Close up. But can you do that? I will do everything I can to do that. I, you know I my you know my email address, right? Uh, yes, we 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 can do that. And uh, but that's what he left me with, and he said to me that it was very, very, very important. Or they told me because they re- finished the rest of it told me this is something I had to have. Now, I hadn't told them anything. In fact, outside the fellow in Ellensburg, no one else knew about the, the dimes and, and the, the red envelope. <laughs> but he found oh, one out there, and he had it for years. I think he had it since the 40s, to be honest with you, late 1943. Mel, all I can tell you is we are out of time. This was oh. one hell of a story. I, I'm I'm drenched. Uh, you know, I can tell. I can hear it in your voice. Uh, Mel, thank you for being here tonight. Thanks for catching us up on what was and what is. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, take care, my friend, and I really mean take care. I will. Good night. Good night, Art. Yikes. the high desert. I have no further comment. I'm Art Bell. Ta-ta. And now, the Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It's a Long Coat Mafia Podcast! You screaming up. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this extra-long high strangeness episode featuring 
the legend of Mel's Hole. Now, please keep in mind that we do not own any rights to Art Bell, his estate, Coast to Coast AM, or anything like that. And the Electric Eye is a defunct podcast. Trust me, I know I used to be on the show and help run the show. And the emails, etc., 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 do not... It no longer exists. So, um, if you have any questions, comments, smart remarks, please send them our way via email, which is longcoatmafia at gmail.com. But if you're listening to us on outlets such as Good Pods or the Podbean app, or if you're listening to this on the Podbean website, you're, you are able to leave comments review episode reviews and so forth and so on please do so because it helps get these episodes out there so if you like what you hear you like these filler episodes you like high strangeness you like weird conversations hit that follow button hit that subscribe button because it really helps us out and if you're listening to us on outlets like spotify review the episode listen to it in, in listen to the episodes in entirety that way, we get more and more ranked on Spotify and our episodes get more and more out there because that's the best way to support the show, it, period, end of story, whether you have funds or not. it's Liking and subscribing and sharing is the best way you could help the show. But if you want to help the show in other ways, we do have uh, a tip jar, it's a GoFundMe link. We do have a Patreon. We do have uh, a Amazon wish list. We do have even uh, a sponsor in a way, and that is W Energy. And if you want to support us that way, just head on over to their site, uh, W.GG, and use code LCM Podcast at checkout, which will give you 10% off your order so and they have a lot of great flavors and great variety so try them out uh and plus uh like i said interact with our show let us know what you think and everything else rate our show uh there's not much more i can say other than stay tuned to this wednesday when our main episode will drop for the week it's going to be an extra long episode i think it might be close to two to three hours like this episode is right here so check it out give it a listen as well like comment and obey but in that outside of me just quoting borderlands 3 what more can i say other than good night see y'all wednesday but this i'm a gamer i'm wearing a bikini See you next time on the Long Coat Mafia.